Hello, it is Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. I think today is an above average show. I think you'll be done with it and you'll say, yeah, pretty good listen. We can't thank you enough for doing that and allowing us to be a part of your day today. The fact that you let us penetrate your ear holes on such a regular basis, I am eternally grateful for it. If you enjoyed today's show by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened, all right? Just kind of came in, you listened, you didn't like it. Don't tell anybody, all right? I won't say anything about you. You don't say anything about me. This is a happy family. But we wouldn't be family because you guys would be leaving without saying anything. You get it. Let's get to the show. Oh, today's a big day because today we have Dana White on oh, the show. Whoa. Hey, big UFC card coming up. Oh, oh yeah. It's very pumped. Poirier's back. Here wow. We, here we go. The diamond, Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Here's his gloves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. perfect. His gloves. There you go. Can't wait to chat with him. He's obviously fighting against o- o- Olivier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Charles Olivier. Yeah. Olivier. He's got yeah. the belt. Can't wait for that chat. That'll come in the third hour. Obviously, Dan Zeus will be joining us yes. for the first time Woo! ever here in about 20 minutes to go through his power rankings because on Wednesday, everybody has their power rankings out. I'm just now learning that not only does Dan Zeus of the NFL have his power rankings, the official power rankings of the NFL because mm-hmm. it goes through the NFL social media sites that this guy is deciding which NFL teams are the best and how and where. That's a lot of pressure on Dan mm-hmm. Zeus. He, he gets it on the shins a lot. And for the first time, we're having him on. He's not the only one that does power rankings. ESPN does power rankings. That's, yep. That's 81 people coming together to vote on who their top teams are. Uh, Stephen A has, has his top five. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, okay. yeah, he does. So Stephen list. A, Stephen's Steve, A list. Steven. Him and Jeff Saturday. Doesn't speak enough. Jeff Saturday has a top five list. Okay. That's right. Uh, Mazziano has a top five list. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, Bleacher, I believe there is. Oh, yeah. Everybody's Report. ranking these days. Jeez, what are yours? No, no, I don't do the judging. I do the judging of the judges. That's why we have a chance to chat with one of the judges, Dan Zeus, and ask him what goes into the mind of a man who has to judge 32 NFL teams and decide who is the best right now, knowing that if you watched Man in the Arena last night, there is a team that could be at this point of the season that could look like absolute dog shit, that could potentially travel to London and come together and be us versus the world and then go on to break the hearts of the New England Patriots players who thought they were going to have an undefeated season being the greatest team of all time. Damn it. It's a lot of pressure. We'll talk to Dan Zeus. We'll talk about everything else happening in the NFL world and sports world. We have Charles Barkley joining us on Friday. Hey, whoa, let's go. Whoa. That's a big deal. Can't wait to talk uh, to Chuck. So since we have him on the show coming up on Friday, shout out to the Bookers, by the way. Shout out to the Bookers, by the way. I started watching some basketball last night, a little late night. Uh, Charles Barkley came on. I think it was at halftime of the Lakers-Celtics yep. game. He said, the Lakers stink. All right? They're uh-huh. talking about fry, uh, firing Frank Vogel. AD, I, you're a nice guy. I like you as a person. But you stink, dude. You guys are a bad, bad club. Then he went on to say a bunch of other stuff. I love that Chuck is still doing it at this stage of the game. Still the commanding voice of basketball and also one of the most entertaining and electrifying people. And I guess he is the person that can make NBA worth a conversation on this show in the middle of football season. Absolutely. So that's Friday. That's a big deal. Friday, I'll be in L.A. uh, for Staples Center. A.J. Hawk will be in studio. Oh, Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. So we will safeguard absolutely everything. Uh, But a little uh, house cleaning first before... We get a chance to hear from at Boston Connor, at Ty Schmidt, rocking two fantastic Christmas sweaters. So Boys, comfy. how you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Doing great. You, look, yeah, you look amazing. You two are assholes. Thank dude. you guys for doing that because uh, the hammer, Don, COVID, cowboy, Tone Diggs is here. Uh, how, why, is it, why are they assholes? 
They didn't fucking tell me I was supposed to wear a Christmas sweater today. Well, me neither. They're doing our thing. Let's talk to the table. Well, That's what they do. They're a little tag team over there. A little I tag team still, of trouble and toxicity. I can still hate them. You got to switch it right What's now. going on? Can't have you it's, it's the holiday season. Yeah. It's the holiday season. That's a Christmas yeah. sweater. I mean, you never know. People yeah, like that's the, a Christmas tank. Like, imagine Kanye would say that. Kanye would say there's so much stuff on that hoodie. You oh, know what man. I mean? Yeah. I, I don't want to be associated with Kanye. Well, his uh, current ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cur- yep. yep. Current ex-wife. Not divorced yet. Current wife ex. Yes. Yes. Fashion icon last night. Yeah. She had a... She had she a did. mask on, a Catwoman mask on. Mm-hmm. Congrats, Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Yeah. Mask the Rock or? was there in person, by the way. The Rock was there in person. What are you saying? What are you saying? There were some people on the show today that said he only shows up by by Zoom all the time. Oh yeah, he's not working. He's as not hard. a man of the people, but he is. No, he actually kid. talked about because this is People's Choice Awards. Yeah. He actually talked about. It. He said thank you to everybody, and then his first he won a bunch of awards. Obviously, yeah, obviously. The, <laughs> the first award he won, he said, "What's most important is my connection to you, the people." And I'm like, Hell the yeah. people's champion, he never fucking lied. Great. And no. last night he won some Icon Award. He was amazing. He says everything that I think you're supposed to say yeah. in positions that he says them in. Yes. And I think it's just natural to him. I think he is just the natural prototype of a person in certain situations. Congrats to Rock. Congrats. Yeah, nice job, dude. Hey, Young Rock was up for a People's Choice Award, by the way. Really? What people? The worst people on the planet? No, whoa, 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 Or just people in general? Well, I wasn't asked to vote. I would have voted for Young oh, Rock yeah. to win the award. Thank you. Really? With the blue waffle guy and all that shit? I what? assume if it didn't right. win, Come on. like that's that's quite a statement because The Rock won everything. And if the only thing that didn't win was Young Rock that he's involved with? Young Rock was in a stacked category. By the way, every category is just every show that exists in that category. <laughs> okay. That's what I learned. That's what I learned. A lot of nominees. A lot of nominees. What let's go to let's go to the no, any show basically that you could think of right now was alongside Young okay. Rock. There were seventy five nominees in every single category, <laughs> every single one of them. It was unbelievable. I think they had daytime show. I thought maybe we were up for it. Okay, oh, nice. Ellen won. Yeah, twenty five. How does that happen? She still has. A show? I thought this Ellen was last was... year. She actually gave a great speech about being thankful for like still being recognized. It was these, actually a yeah. pretty good thing. Did people not see like that she was a scumbag and the... yeah, no, that's I behind the that's... scenes allegedly. I mean, there were some people. And when you do a show for nineteen years, I assume there's some people that probably think you're a bad person. But there was a lot of stories coming out about Ellen. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, there's a lot of those. She's still doing it. Uh, OG in the game. She won an award. Gave a great speech. Said thank you to everybody that's ever worked. Well, she for has her. to. Based on what we've heard about Ellen. Well, yeah, she saw People's Choice. Well, congrats. Congrats, Ellen. Anyways, we got... Well, there's a lot of her people there, though. You're talking about some of the old people that were there that maybe had something bad to say about her, which is going to happen, I think, in any relationship, especially a very successful one. I, I, I don't know. Steve Harvey, remember Steve Harvey was getting married because he put that thing and said, do not come up to me and fucking pitch ideas while I'm walking down the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Like, you remember, he's a bad guy. This guy's a bad guy. Ellen's a bad guy. Or a bad girl, lady. The, the thought of... Her fits, by the way, have always been the cleanest. Oh, yeah. Top, Top tier. Yeah. Last night, I didn't know what she was doing. I don't know if that's like fashion forward or whatever. She had a little bit bigger uh, sport coat. I don't know that old like thing. Like Kyle Kuzma in the, the extra large Not slider. that big, but it was a little bit. It wasn't an Ellen DeGeneres. It wasn't a needy look because normally she is the best dressed person wherever. Anyway, she won. This is too much time on Kim <laughs> and Ellen, The Rock and everything like that. But what I'm saying is uh, we have a massive announcement coming tomorrow at noon. Ooh. Oh, Okay. Been teasing this for, I think, a couple months now. Mm-hmm. 
The reason why I've been teasing it is because I didn't fully understand how the process went, mostly because this is the first time that I've literally been the entire process. So, mm-hmm. you know, whenever you start chit-chatting and things start happening and then there's, uh, you know, agreements that take place and then there's, a, okay, now the hows and the wheres and the whens and everything. Okay, so this is an entire... No- so I gave an announcement like, hey, we're up to something, something's coming. Mm-hmm. During that first stage, I didn't even think about, oh, now we got to figure out... More stages. Yeah, there's like, there's like three or four more chapters, but every time we knocked one off, I think you saw me get excited on the microphone and say, hey, I'm up, it's coming, boom, boom, boom. We have completed, let's say, four out of the five or nine out of the ten at this point. Whoa. Stages, and we'll be done, I think, by... To, big announcement coming tomorrow at noon. Okay. There you go. Eastern go. time, Eastern time. Noon, Eastern. Noon, Eastern. Okay. That's how we're going to lead off the show, I think. Okay. Well, like that. Tomorrow is noon, or... Oh, shit. Tomorrow we're doing 11. So maybe... Noon, noon announcement. Noon announcement. We are live 11 to 2 tomorrow, though. YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show because I have to fly out to LA and I don't want to miss the game tomorrow night because tomorrow night's AJ Hawks first Super Bowl. Here we go. And that needs to, you know, that needs, I can't wait to see AJ win for us. I've gotten the odds back that they are going to be. I like where we're at. Pretty juicy. Everybody seems to feel pretty good about it. Hopefully, we'll take a lot of money. It's a real shame that Evan Fox will not be able to bet on that one. Don't rub it in, all right? I don't know how to feel about this one because I do want you guys to win, but also I'm really pissed off that you guys won't let me get in on it. Well, listen, it's not just us, dude. It was like 11,000 people (laughs) also voted. I mean, there's a lot of people involved, dude. So apologize you're not allowed to vote for, or you're not allowed to participate in the Super Boost, but massive announcement coming tomorrow at noon. Hell yeah. How are we going to sit through that first hour? I was just going to ask you that. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's, I mean, probably, it's probably coming at 11.05. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. Tentatively Dancing. noon. Tentatively yeah. noon Eastern tomorrow. Massive announcement yeah, coming. Dancing around it for an hour would also be pretty hilarious. I mean, by the way, oh, my God, that kind of gives away a little something. We will be live at YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show tomorrow at noon when the announcement is happening. Uh, so. uh, There's been a lot of people thinking that we're maybe moving or something like oh. that. Oh, well. Well, you could cut the feed We'll be right back. Stick around. Yeah. Uh-huh. We ain't going anywhere. Yet. I mean, that's the next deal it has. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is a potential. No, we won't. I like YouTube. Yeah, you know, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. I feel completely okay, especially with where we're at right now and what we'll announce tomorrow. Uh, but we're very grateful for everybody. Thank you all so much. Right. Thank, thank you. Thank you, you guys. Now let's get to what we stink at the most uh, and the reason why anybody could be watching. It's time to talk a little ball. Okay. okay. Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers talked about his toe once again. Talked about how he talked to Dr. Bob. And Dr. Bob and he decided that not to make a rash decision to do surgery immediately after a game, especially facing into a bye week. Let's go ahead and let this thing rest for a few days, see what we got to do. If we have to have surgery, you'll still be back by Sunday. Aaron did not say that he would not get surgery in the future still. Right. That is still on the table, I think, for weeks down the line. If he gets stepped on or starts to agitate him a little bit more, they'd go in, put a pin in it, and I assume they would put it right next to that ring uh, finger, and they said they would immobilize that thing. It wouldn't be able to move. So although it would still be painful, it wouldn't be as painful because whenever something that's broken gets shifted, that's when all the nerves, ah, fuck. So that's what he's kind of going through. And his pinky toe said he would never, ever sit out. Said this is not an option of sitting out for this thing. It happened... During his COVID cave stay at his house away for 10 days. That's right. How did it happen? He wouldn't tell us. No, he wouldn't. Interesting. Training. 
We pressed him on that as well. We assumed maybe the training was him going to take a poop or a pee yeah. uh-huh. middle of the night. Oh, my God, I got COVID. I can't see anything in his mansion. And I get out of bed and boom, toe off the goddamn table or something while I was trying to take a piss. Maybe that was the case. Maybe he was squatting on his power lift, squat could've, rack could've yeah. and something because he couldn't have anybody spot him. Yeah. This guy was forced to train with nobody to help him. And he potentially broke his toe, and now we're laughing in his face. I mean, it's kind of unfair to think about. We don't know how he broke his toe. He won't tell us, so we assume it's a hilarious thing. But everybody talking about him bitching about this toe, it's an actual story because, you know, like, we ask him about it as friends. It wouldn't be that big of a deal if other people didn't want it to be that big of a deal because he's missed zero time, has said he's going to miss zero time. But the fact that he could potentially still get surgery means... That toe does warrant a conversation, oh, yeah. I guess. And if he's going on Monday Night Manning in January with that toe that far in it, are, I mean, are you guys worried for the future as Green Bay Packer fans right now? Well, like you said, I mean, it, when you watch him play, it really doesn't look like it's affecting him big time. Like if it, if it, if he was out there and like he couldn't make that play, like he did with Jalen Ramsey scoring the rushing touch, like it didn't look like it was hampering him at all. But like you said, I mean. The Packers go as Rodgers goes. So, like, if he has a toe injury and something seriously is wrong and it is potential, like, he, this could get worse and he could miss time, like, Packers die if he dies. No! So, you hate to say it, but, I mean, we saw what Jordan Love did. And we're getting ready for our most important football. Offense is finally kind of starting to form into shape. You need Raj out there. Well, so the NFC is very difficult, too. I mean, yeah, so yeah, the, the NFC is always going to be – I mean, the NFL is tough, but the NFC has some top-heavy teams that we don't – officially know yet i guess one team that we can say is is probably dead even though they just got a big time win over a division rival seattle seahawks jamal mm-hmm. adams out for the season yeah done that's a big time acquisition that they just signed i believe to a longer deal yep. not too long ago he's a uh pass rushing safety who's just a playmaker in the box has completely transformed that Seattle defense from what they once were. Even though they don't have a winning record, they were once much, much worse on the defense side of the ball. Carlos Dunlap was also called to task to come over there. Jamal Adams was brought in to do his thing. He's out for the rest of the year. It's That's probably going to affect their defense into stinking. And what happens if they lose? The Russell Wilson story continues to get oh, loud. No. So now the Seattle Seahawks just beat the Niners a couple days ago. Massive win. Huge. George Kittle displayed some athleticism that we've never seen before. But the Seattle Seahawks get this win over the Niners and maybe be able to turn it back around. The conversation about Russell's gone and Pete Carroll, what's he going to do? And how's this all? That kind of stopped for a little bit. Now Jamal Adams, one of the studs of their defense, is out for the rest of the season. That is a significant blow to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and they're not very good right now, and they don't have their first-round pick. So if Pete Carroll you know, does want to stick around for a rebuild, which I believe he already says he doesn't want to do, they don't have first-round pick this year or next year, I don't think, because of Jamal Adams. What were you going to say, Tony? You were going to say something? Uh, building off of the Aaron Rodgers from the Monday Night Manning, there's a, and he said maybe potentially in January, there's only one Monday night game in January, and that is uh, Steelers and Browns, Week 17. Week 18, the Packers play the Lions, so he mm-hmm. may be sitting out yeah. that game anyways. Smart. So something to think about, because it's Monday to Monday, does that kill the Sunday? You know, oh, like, did yeah. everybody play on Sunday? You know, if he is playing, right. I don't know if it did because maybe it's a six day curse on a seven day curse Monday to Monday. Could and, be. And if he doesn't play on week 18, does the curse actually carry over to the next time he oh, actually no. steps on the field? Well, and if he's not playing the next week, you'd assume they'd have a bye then for that yeah. first right. week. Cardinals, we'll see. Yeah, Which but he's he yeah. still playing. Play, week he still, 18. So yeah. if he's not playing, you would assume, oh, maybe they're already locked into having to play the wild card weekend. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if it would Tuesday's potentially. locked up. Oh, shit. Oh, no. 
We're going to always... see the power of the Monday Night Manning curse. I mean, yeah. we got to watch the Madden curse for a long, long time. Then yep. that got broke by a guy that we are going to talk about, Tom Brady. But the the Monday Night Manning curse has not been broken yet. Nope. And, and I think if you're a Packer fan, there's a lot to think about. Let's make sure that pinky's okay. That's mm-hmm. right. All right, let's make sure that pinky pinky toe is okay. Mm-hmm. And let's make sure this Monday Night Manning thing doesn't come at a cost of maybe losing everything because this team is starting to look really fucking good. Well, and I think part of it, you know, I mean, it, 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 if you go on and get beat by the Lions on Monday night, like it, it doesn't, not a whole lot, you're not going to win the Super Bowl probably. If oh, you lose so to maybe, the Lions, you know, so. maybe that is the thought. Maybe Peyton gives Aaron a call, says, hey, I need you for this curse. Mm-hmm. You got the Lions the next week. Mm-hmm. The Lions is the Lions. Right. Except for when they're playing Zimmer's defense in the Vikings. Right. Exactly. So they're a much different team. You should be able to hand the ball off every single time, and we beat the Lions. So that'll be the curse breaker at the end of the season. Send us off in a good way. Boom. It's probably what happened. Get Hopefully. Bakhtiari back, too. I mean, yeah, the that. big draft is coming back, not this week. And then he was wondering, is that a HIPAA violation? Excuse me. Yeah. Oh. Aaron Rodgers comes on this show and talks about my injury. Is that a HIPAA violation or not? Well, I think that's doctor-patient uh, privileges right. or whatever. But yep. I, I think Bakhtiari's issue would be with whatever doctor has told Aaron. The mm. updates that he gives us. Yeah. That is who you are going at. I don't think – this is like the Schefter situation. Remember when Schefter yeah. put uh, Jason Pierre-Paul's hand oh, yep. yeah, after yeah. the firework incident out? And everybody's like, oh, Schefter's going to get sh- uh, sued. Uh, Schefter's going to get sued. And he might have been implicated in that thing, but the doctor that gave it away is the one who's in real shit, right? That's right. Yeah. That's what the HIPAA violation is. Mm-hmm. It's nice to hear that there is a chance, Bakhtiari, like not this week, but pretty soon. It sounded like in his voice, although we've kind of been assuming that kind of – all season. Yeah, I've been fully expecting to have him back at some point before the playoffs start. And, you know, you look at it this week, Khalil Max out for the rest of the season, too. And, and, and it's not like he's always lining up on that side. But if Dave needs another week to get ready to go, give Dave another week to be ready to go. Yeah, and let Bakhtiari get ready, especially yeah. with how that team has been playing and coming together. Let's dive Let's dive into, and uh, that's basically pretty much it. Dabo Sweeney has been in Raiders, Raiders. Raiders stuff. Uh-huh. All right, Dabo. Hey, I don't know if that Dabo Sweeney with the uh, drip will do as well with the adults in the NFL, but he's been over there with Hunter Renfro, I believe, giving him a little bit of love. Also, uh, the, the uh, racing guy? Richard Petty. Obviously. Yeah. Hey, Petty don't play no games now. No, oh, he doesn't. No, no, no. Hey, when Petty got in that car, everybody knew that those left turns were going to be turned very hard, very yeah. aggressive, very stylish. Yes. He flies. Richard Petty put that cap on. Everybody knew this is a fucking no longer a game. This is now war. That's right. That's what Richard Petty did. And we appreciate the fact he's talking to Dabo Sweeney. Dabo, probably a big fan. Dabo was like, hey, hey, you know what, Richard Petty, whenever you got in that NASCAR, Drea. I used to say, hey, he fucking runs that car quick, doesn't he? I mean, back in the moonshine days when NASCAR was created. Ooh. If you do recall this, King, you know this, King, what we're talking about. NASCAR was founded because all these good old boys had these moonshine cars all souped up so they couldn't get caught by the police on these back roads. All of a sudden, everybody wanted to race it. Holy shit, we got NASCAR. I always said, Deb, I always said to you, Richard Petty, I always said, Richard Petty got the best jury up out of any of the NASCAR drivers. Damn right. Dabo did that one TikTok. Oh. And that was all it took for me to be like, oh, uh, yeah. All oh. right, this guy will do any song and dance to do whatever he has to do. Mm-hmm. Although it was very, I mean, he did have good rhythm. Yeah. yeah. And they say Dabo is an incredible athlete and everything like that. It just automatic, automatically made me think that he was not going to be an NFL coach at any point. No. So it, I feel like he loves the college game. He enjoys the college game. Now, he gave that speech about the college football playoffs earlier in the year, and that has come full circle right back mm-hmm. into Dabo's. Drip. Yeah. But that is something that just because he's at a game with a, a shirt on and there is a lot of question marks about the future of the Raiders, maybe they are. 
Maybe Mark Davis, just like he was with Tom Brady at the UFC fight, sitting next to him, talk to him. Maybe Mark Davis is bringing people in, trying to re recruit him. Hey, look at our stadium. Look at this house I just built. We can get you one right next to yeah, me out yeah. here. This place loves football. Maybe they are trying to recruit Dabo Swinney, or maybe he's just going out to see a former player. He's friends with Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock talks about Hunter Renfro coming out of Clemson when he's on the sideline with Dabo, and now he's getting access to the field. But maybe Dabo's coming to the NFL. College coaches have not done great in the NFL. I don't know if Dabo would, but Maybe Las Vegas Dabo's on the horizon. Yeah, and I think Clemson having a down year not being in the ACC championship and now their D coordinator taking the job at uh, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a few different things that would push Dabo maybe to make that leap, but when you see what happened with Urban and how he's kind of struggled and other college coaches who go to the NFL, wouldn't he just be like, you know what, Clemson's fun. I just need to go find another Trevor Lawrence. I'm just going to keep my jury up away from DJ Uyunga. Lady. Lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe DJ's good next year, though. You know, a year, year of experience. Maybe they're all the way back. I do like the fact that Oklahoma had one down year. Lincoln Riley, all right, give me the fuck yeah, out of here. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like the fact that there's potential thought that Dabo had one bad year. He's like, I ain't doing this anymore. Uh -uh. See, I, I don't do hard times anymore. Yeah. We, don't, we don't do hard times. No way. We don't do bad seasons anymore. We only win. Pitt's the ACC champion reigning. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to knock Pitt off, obviously. Kenny Pickett's gone. Mark Whipple, offensive coordinator oh, no. for the University of Pittsburgh, who basically... Going to Nebraska. He's gone. Yeah. What? Nebraska. To be what? The OC at Nebraska. I sure they paid him a fuck ton. Probably, but he can't fucking he can't stick it out for one more game with his Heisman candidate <laughs> offensive. Like, what are we even? These college coaches, man, you know. Mark Whipple though isn't really like a college coach at all. He he's like old school. I think he's, yeah, he's still. Very old school. You know what? I mean? Well, I guess that would make him even more so. Man, if I could give me the bag, I'll get out of here. Hey, I'll trade a Heisman. All right, I'm not doing a bowl game. Fuck it. See Good you luck, later. Kenny. I'm out of here. Good yeah. luck, Kenny. He's Ben's quarterback coach too. Where at Ohio, Miami, Ohio? Steelers. Oh, oh, yeah. So he's an NFL guy. So even more so why I would think he would coach that bowl game. That made no sense to me. But may, what if Dabo was to just go coach the fucking Raiders? Oh, and they would stink. Whoa! Oh, God, can you imagine? Oh, can you what? imagine? Oh, man. I, that'd be awesome. I hope it happens. But yikes. That's like Urban. We don't know how he would do. He, may, he might be good. We have no clue. But Urban Meyer saying to... Uh, uh, Vic Fangio, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Vic Fangio said he talked to Urban Meyer after the game. In Urban said, "Man, it's, it's like Alabama every week. <laughs> yeah. It's like Alabama every week." Vic's like, "Yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. I've been on the hot seat for two years, dude. All right. Right. You get this big parade coming in. You get the fuck out of here. That's what the NFL coaches are thinking. Because if you listen to Chuck Pagano or any of the other NFL coaches talk about like you know coming up to the adult league, it's like, hey, everybody's smart up here. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows football. The players have probably been around football just as long as you have it." this point some of them so you got to really bring your a game would Dabo be able to do that maybe we don't know we're not sure. now that the world's opening back up so many new thrills are on the horizon okay and whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started we're excited to get back out there and meet new people Hell yeah. when the moment comes it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> oh here we go. I get it. <laughs> that is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell 
That's true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Lasts a long time. Banging it, banging it, banging it. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Her population, you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the medication. Yeah, free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Joining us now is a man who would rank the shit out of Dabo's yeah. team, if you got a chance to it. The amount of pressure that is on this man's shoulders every single week man. to perform and deliver with his brain, to rank the NFL's teams from the NFL's website and the NFL's network being tweeted out by the NFL's social media handles. One man has that job to judge. All the incredible athletes around the NFL, all the incredible coaches around the NFL, all the general managers around the NFL and their scouting departments that work for the NFL. He is the man tasked by the NFL to judge the NFL for the NFL. Although there are many other rankers, there is only one ranker that represents the league that is being ranked. Ladies and gentlemen, Danzus. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? You know, I never really thought of it that way. And now that you set me up that way, I, I, there's like a, a crippling amount of anxiety <laughs> as I head towards next week's power rankings. But I'll, I'll work through it. I'll well, get through it. Hey, well, we're incredibly proud. Only one man can do it, and that's dangerous. That's right. Oh, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Only one man. And it is kind of interesting you. whenever somebody points out a high-pressure situation that you're in without you even noticing you're in it, right? That is a, a funny thing. It has happened to me before. Like, hey, this is pretty... <laughs> oh, yeah, this is, isn't it? Oh, right. I should probably lock in a little bit. Yeah, I should do that. But whenever you go about ranking your teams, and we'll dive into this week's rankings uh, that you have, is it for right now? Like if they were to play tomorrow on the street, they would win? Or is it how you think it'll end up in the end in February down there at SoFi Stadium? I would say, like, I don't want to give away the recipe because I don't want other people to steal it, the uh, pretenders. But actually, it's kind of a little bit of feel, that It's like... It's it's definitely in the moment because that's what it's all about. It's not the it's not the power standings. It's the power ranking. So I don't really factor factor that in. But I also do look ahead at the schedule and I, I try to figure these things out and kind of put it all together in a stew. But yeah, I try to I obviously live in the moment. That's kind of where the power ranking should be. So that would be where most of it is. But I do take a peek ahead where the team is injury wise, the schedule upcoming. Those things as well. So is it like a point system while you're watching Siciliano during the day? Like <laughs> whoever shows up on the red zone the most? All right, so this team's <laughs> playing really good. This team's doing good. Let's add a point. Let's subtract a point. When are the rankings officially locked in? And how many times have you been like, ah, ah. well, if I do this, everybody's going to fucking talk about it. I'll put them down here. Has that ever happened? Well, no, I don't, I don't tend to 
kind of juice the power rankings uh, for talk reasons, <laughs> although that that probably would be better for business. But I do. It's something that over the course of, let's say, Sunday night, I'll sit down. You know, we record our Around the NFL podcast Sunday night and then we record it and then we take a little break to watch the end of Sunday night football. And then we go back into the studio and finish out that show and put it up live. And during that uh, second half, while I'm watching the game from the office, I'll start like formulating the initial rankings. Uh, but I only, you know, I, one thing I guess, like if you're real, if you're real about the power rankings and you're not doing it with like 81 people or oh. whatever, like you need to you need to watch the games. And I'm not a tape dog. I'm not Brian Baldinger, but like I'll have a, a loose rankings based on just results and what I've seen. And then Monday is like a long day where I watch every game. Yeah. Um, let's get into film. Through. Let's get to the film. Let's get into the dancers right. and cave then, and let's start ranking these motherfuckers. Exactly. So then, so then that, that works that way. So then I have a, a ranking and then I watch Monday night football. There's the writing process of the article for NFL.com. And then finally Monday night football, I watch that game. I figure out those two teams. I look at the rankings one last time. I freak out, I uh, make them maybe a couple changes and then I send an email out with the final rankings to like 17 people uh, within NFL media to begin the process of the beast of getting it out there and the whole the whole thing. So it is a process that lasts, you know, 24 straight hours, essentially. Well, we appreciate that. Thank, thank you. you thank you for it. And I just want to thank you guys and Pat specifically when money, my power rankings uh, TV show co-host was on. You know, you talked about the idea. First of all, Dan Zeus, great nickname. I, I've been known to give myself nicknames on the podcast and that one's like better than anything i ever came up with you had to have been called dan zeus at some point in your life come on zeus is something i've gotten a lot and dan zeus maybe here or there but it never i don't know maybe it's just the way you say it pat it just kind of lightning bolt yeah and speaking of lightning bolt so the the opening credits for the power rankings tv show it's been the same one for like seven years and it's just a bunch of scientists milling around And (laughs) and i and i don't understand that and it's certainly that is not our show that is not my process there are no doctors or scientists involved with the process Hell yeah so after money was on the show and you guys were talking about the uh idea of uh, a lightning bolt and and uh, the idea of a tablet a stone tablet with the rankings i pitched an idea to the bosses like what if we redo the uh opening credits of the show it's me and money dressed as like ancient nordic yes. warriors climbing yes. up the yes. side of a mountain yes. with the skeletal remains of all the other power rankings yes. and we yes. get to the top and i hoist the lightning yes. bolt and he hoists the tablet and there's this big open and then uh, i was told that would be like a 10 million dollar budget no, but no! they're passing a buck dude from what what money told us that you deserve a little bit more cash first of all <laughs> yeah and also I mean, that was a wild moment in that conversation yeah. that was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome it was absolutely i can't awesome. say that that was quite accurate but it was Ooh. funny so I'll let that <laughs> we wondered in cali how you would even survive on yeah. that but, yeah. but the um the entire somebody can make that for you yeah guys the internet could do that quick 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 the the whole it's too expensive thing is ah uh, we don't want to do it come on yeah. Yeah. you deserve better over there yeah, you deserve it. You be, you and Mountie Smith climbing up the aggro yeah. crack. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> Let's get into this week's ranking, shall we? And what are the biggest moves? And was there any moves? And how do you view the New England Patriots in specific? Because they're like the hottest team in football if you exclude the Colts, I guess, in this conversation. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots are a team that I feel like pretty early in the season, once they kind of got out of that initial funk, um, I was like, 
a little ahead, I thought, and saying this team is actually good. Keep an eye on them. They kept winning. And now, like everyone else has moved on to the Patriots are great. So everybody's on that train. And I've been a little hesitant to get there, that this is a true powerhouse in the league. And to be honest with you, even after Monday's win, which is fun as it was to watch, and we all enjoyed it uh, with the crazy weather and all that, I didn't come out of that game feeling like, okay, now now I'm ready to say they're as good as the top three teams. I mean, there are are three teams that I totally see and trust as Super Bowl uh, favorites, Green Bay, Arizona, Tampa. I have the Patriots now slotted in at number four. And obviously, I think they're the the class of the AFC uh, right now. But do am I all the way there yet that I see them as a, at the equal of those top three teams? Where are you at on that path? Do you see the Patriots uh, in that same level of those three other teams? I, you know, the interesting thing is you have Aaron Rodgers with one team. You have Tom fucking Brady with the other team. And then Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and that whole squad with how many steps Cliff Kingsbury. They go to Chicago and make what? Can they make you a fucking graphic at least? Can, we, we, can we get a graphic of your top yeah. ten? Yeah. So, I mean, we're trying to figure this out on the fly here because it's only on the site. We're going to make you a graphic each week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. We're going to make you a graphic. We'll best. send it over there for you. Because your rankings are real. I I just think whenever you talk about the Patriots, the Monday night game, you can't – I don't think we take anything out of it other than the fact we all knew Bill Belichick was going to win that game. I I, I don't know – I, I hate to say it to the people, and there was many an opportunity where the Bills could have won it, even late there. But throwing into a 30-mile-an-hour win, people were saying, oh, he missed the guy. No shit. Why do you think they literally did not throw the ball yeah. on the other sideline? I just think you don't, you can't really calculate that game into anything. But if you go back the previous weeks, and then I guess you can add in the fact that Bill Belichick is still fucking Bill Belichick, and he is stubborn, and he is okay with doing whatever to win. Hey, I don't want this dude throwing the ball at all actually. Let's just run the thing the entire time we're going to do this. You calculate all those things together. Plus, you watch Man in the Arena, and you listen to how Tom and Willie and basically everybody was taught, Vrabes was even talking about, and Brewski, how Bill Belichick can just predict the game and everything. And now that they have a guy that can make all the plays for him and in Mac Jones that they want... I just think that's a team that is tough to bet against. I, I think that is a team that is very tough to bet against. But the Indianapolis Colts is another squad that, after watching them dismantled the horrible Houston Texans who oh. Jack Easterby still down there doing his thing. Oh, yeah, he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Jack Easterby still down there doing one, two-step on water, you know, alongside Jesus, one fish, two fish, jackfish, bluefish, you know oh, yeah. what I mean, doing his thing. That's an actual uh, That's an actual sermon he gave. You can find that on the internet of Jack Easterby, but they have been dominant, and that game travels into the playoffs. Is that something you think about? Like, what, yeah. what are teams going to look like in the playoffs? How, what's their style of play? Like, the Bills... It'll, they can't stop the ground and pound is what everybody's thinking. And in playoff football, you have to be able to do that. Is that why they took a little bit of a, a drop as well? Yeah, I think it was just a, a bad luck, bad look. And they were frustrated. You saw <clears throat> Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. They were upset with some of the questions after Monday Night Football. You know, were you embarrassed that you knew the run was coming? They threw three passes. You still got beaten. They were like, wait a second. We gave up 14 points. Like, so I don't think they, they necessarily have a bad defense, but I think it is telling that once that game really took shape, uh, they knew a run was coming. They couldn't stop. They were just losing up front. So, yeah, that's a concern, whether the Bills are physical enough. And I guess the irony is they're the team up in western New York. You think they were the team that would be ready for this type of football. But, yeah, it is the Colts, the Dome team. And for me, I have them at number nine, the Colts. 
And we'll see that, you know, that loss to Tampa was a tough one because I think everybody, myself included, was ready to be like, all right, this is the team right here. Uh, That is the wild card in terms of who's going to jump in and become a superpower. And they might still be. But the the Bucks that took a little air out of the balloon, then they beat up on another bad team. They cream terrible teams. They they just destroy them. And I think what's going to be exciting for them is they got the bye, then Patriots and Cardinals. And you figure... I mean, Ugh. this team feels like it's a, they're going to be able to contend against both those teams. We ain't fucking they, worried about nothing. Right? Are you kidding me? Yeah, with that? If, you, if they beat Gardens? one or both those teams, you they they enter that like legit um, Super Bowl favorite conversation. So I'm really excited to see them. Uh, they only have one win, obviously, against a plus 500 opponent. But oh, you only right. play your schedule, and it's time now. What do you want them to do, uh, dude? They didn't, show it. they didn't fucking book the, the schedule. Yeah, what I do you want them to beat the a team above 500. Well, they tried all. the Bills. I mean, I mean, what do you want the Bills? If they would be a little bit better, that would be a much bigger win whenever Jonathan Taylor ran for five fucking touchdowns. And look, I don't <laughs> want to get into the full MVP conversation because that's not your thing. But did I see you thinking like, yeah, if the Colts beat the Patriots, we're going to have to move them up the power rankings. Is that how you view every team? Is that your entire season view on things? Is that is the power rankings kind of driving all thought and all talk and chatter in your life? I, I was well, not everything in my life, but most of it this time of year. But yeah, that where a team if if you go and beat a team that's ahead of you, obviously in the rankings, uh, that means I really feel good about that other team. So yeah, that. That definitely plays a, a big role in it. And, yeah, the uh, MVP race is a lot of fun because Jonathan Taylor obviously uh, has a big uh, – he's a horse in that race. But Tom Brady, of course, too, which is insane. Uh, the Bucks at number three and Brady at 44 years old leads the league in touchdowns and yardage. So it's like that's as wide open as the power rankings are this year, and it's been – I wouldn't say it's a problem to try to figure out the rankings. It's a challenge. That's that's the way to put it, to figure uh, it out, especially outside the top five. Like, figuring out the, like, six to 14 right now is literally impossible. Uh, but the MVP race is just the same. Like, it, it's, it's kind of just a weird, funky year, and it's going to be fun to see how it all closes. The top nine MVP candidates are eight quarterbacks and Jonathan Taylor. So <laughs> Where's T.J. Watt? Oh, he's the defensive exactly. player of the year, but Ben Roethlisberger is pushing for him to be MVP as a whole. Now, I think if they don't make the playoffs, that's going to be a tough thing, but that team could turn around. Where'd they land on your rankings after a big-time win? All right, so the Steelers, obviously, I was down on them like everybody else. Uh, I had them all the way down to 21. Oh, and they got shit. Him but I got them up to 18 now, uh, and, you know, oh, that puts moving. them, you know, they're knocking yeah. on the – once you get in the top 16, you're like a fringe bubble playoff team. Uh, so yeah, that's where I have them right now. Do you do you see that? You're, are you not down with that? I I haven't. They haven't earned my trust fully, but they're lingering on the periphery of this playoff race. Well, Dan Zeus, the interesting thing is they have Mike Tomlin, you know, and Mike Tomlin's record says that they will not have a losing record. And if mm-hmm. you look at all of the records that are currently had. There is going to be a 500 team that makes it into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's going to be somebody that's one win over 500. I guess you can't be 500 anymore in 17 mm-hmm. games. Oh, yeah. But you get it. There's going to be a lot eight, of. Eight, there's going to be a lot. Yeah, I guess you could be 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, which the Steelers would be. There's a chance that a 500 team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, make it in. Four losses is the top of the AFC already. You know, like that's a lot of losses this early into the season. I'm, and. You know, that sounds ridiculous, but it's real. Like, normally, there'd be at least one or two, you know, 11-1, and 10-2 teams. There's only the Cardinals now. And in the NFC, it's a little bit tighter, but the Steelers can make it, and it's – do you bet on Mike Tomlin? Yes. 
Do you bet on this Ben Roethlisberger who's one for the Gipper going out, telling people he's going out? He said just yesterday, I've thrown, what, like a million times? My shoulder's actually going out. It's not the the elbow, and we're seeing that. They have Najee Harris, who's top five rusher in the NFL right now. The defense is always the defense. Why not? You know, why couldn't the Steelers go? But it just seems like sometimes they don't show up, to your point. And that's been the story of this entire season, Danzers. Teams have been showing up and then not showing up at all. It's been a sporadic year. Has this been crazier than any other year you've had to do this in the past? Yeah, I think I think when you had money on, uh, you had mentioned I had been doing the power rankings for 40 years. This is my third season doing it. <laughs> oh, okay. So, like, I'm, I'm still right. somewhat in, in, in the years I've done it, yes. This has been much more difficult a task. Like, the number 10 spot is funny right now because – um, you know, when the Vikings beat the Packers two weeks ago, like I was kind of riding uh, for the Vikings hard as like this team, this berserker oh. to keep an eye on that can make a lot of noise, slotted them in at number 10. They lost and then they lost to the Lions and now they're dropped way back down. Last week, San Francisco, they had they had gotten my trust and my interest. They said, all right, that's a top 10 team. Pop them into top 10. They go down against Seattle. So it's that back end of the top 10 is very interesting. And then the, the other spot, there's like a mystery spot in my power rankings that I just I just noticed it over time. Whoever I put at number thirteen is the one where I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck to do here. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I don't know if they suck. I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they have a future. I don't know if they're in the past. I'm just gonna stick with thirteen and see what happens. That's where this week it's the Titans, and because I was thinking yeah. about it as I was watching Monday Night Football. I was like, who is the team? Because I grew up at a Jets fan. And it's like, so nice the Patriots, I don't need another like Patriots dynasty well, in my life, even though, of course, I, I try to keep things uh, fair on the and, level. Yeah, the power yeah, fair, yeah, of course. Uh, but I just, you know, so it's like the Titans are the team as I'm watching Monday night. If they got healthy, they make sense as a physical team that could go up against the Patriots in January and be able to punch them in the mouth and take a punch in the mouth. Well, but they need to get healthy. And it's like, if they don't, they could fall out of the, all the way out of the playoffs. I think the Colts oh. have a real good chance. I know it seems impossible still because of the tiebreaker and the standings, but I think the Titans, if they don't find a way to win some games here, they could fall all the way out of the playoffs. But if they do get healthy, if they do make the playoffs, they are a team that maybe can make some noise still. It just doesn't feel like they that way because they've been banged up for so long now. I'll be interested to see what the Tennessee Titans become because without Derrick Henry, who was 85% of their offense, when he, he was 85% of their offense when he got hurt or something, whether it's catching or running or decision, maybe 80%, I forget exactly the total, but it was up there. He goes out, they still go get a big win the next week with Adrian Peterson in the back, only getting like 10 yards, but a touchdown. It's like, can Vrabel, they had 80 players come through yeah, it was like players? 81 yeah. or something 81 like that. players on their active roster. I mean, they have – what Vrabel has been able to do and win the amount of games they've been able to win down there is incredible because of the amount of turnover this season. I don't know if they have enough time to get healthy. I think the Colts are the wagon in the AFC South, but I also played for the Colts, and I'm not unbiased. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. Go ahead, Ty. Dan Zeus, when it comes to, like, your uh, Twitter mentions, which team really oh. gives it to you on the shins the worst? Like, is there uh, one fan base where you are public enemy number one? And also, is there a man – Date that the Cowboys can never fall below 10 in the power rankings oh. just so, you know, to make sure that they're always relevant. The Dancers Dallas email. Smart. Yeah, no, I mean, with the, with the Cowboys, they're, again, that, that back end of the top 10, you know, like the Rams, for instance, I slid the, you know, they beat up on the Jaguars who are terrible and I move them up three and I'm like, oh, is that the right spot for them? But like, who should be above them? So the Cowboys, yeah, they're definitely on my radar as a team that has potential to, to make a run and get into that like trust tree. Uh, with Green Bay, Arizona, Tampa, and, and I'm thinking maybe the Patriots at this point, oh, yeah. uh, but they're not there yet. As for like the fan bases, 
I don't know, like the, the Titans fans are pretty like surprisingly um, aggressive at times. And they, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a regional thing or they don't get enough national coverage. And since I'm the national NFL.com guy, it's like you guys never pay attention to us. Give us more respect. But I don't I don't have anything against them, but they get pretty fired up. Seahawks fans also. But this is weird. Obviously, in a weird year, they might be end up playing in a spoiler role now, especially with Jamal Adams done for the year. So you haven't heard from them as much this year because it's hard to really yeah, uh, argue with a power rankings guy when you lose every week like the Seahawks. So they're another team. And then the Ravens. I had the Ravens uh, outside the top yeah, 10 a couple weeks ago, and they were on fire about it. They, they took it personally. It's never personal. That's strictly business. Strictly rankings here. This is nothing personal at all, even though you just said, I grew up a Jets fan. Uh-huh. So the Patriots, you know, I try to be fair and unbiased, <laughs> which we appreciate that out of good journalism. I'm just dance. being honest with you. Yeah, that, you know, you grow up and I was born in 1980. So like since I've been basically an adult, they've been a dominant team and my team's been terrible. But I, oh, yeah. I understand that the Jets, you know, you just stick the Jets down there in 28 and, you know, keep moving. <laughs> <losing. laughs> uh, you know, it's not like you're, you come into Danzis' power rankings and there's the Jets at number nine. Like, hey, oh, keep they an got, eye. They got a chance. Yeah. They're moving. They could sneak through there. 29 this week, actually. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Carl. Yeah, Danzis, speaking of the bottom of the barrel, do you have a massive discussion with yourself, like where to put the lines in the Jags, or you just throw the lines at the bottom and just kind of work your way up on teams that you actually like and don't like? Uh, good question. I think, like, it's... Whatever, t- all those teams obviously are very bad. So it t- whoever has the most brutal loss that week, very typically uh, they they end 30. up eating it at 32. Okay. And for the Lions, they had been, uh, I had the, te- the Texans have been bottom of the barrel for most of the season. And then, you know, they had some games where they, uh, you know, competed and hung around. So they had moved up and the Lions now, they move up with that win. But for the most part, it's been Texans who, I don't know about you guys, but I get the vibe that, January 10th, the day after the regular season, they are going to memory hole this season. I don't even know if it's going to show up in their media guide. Like, it's just going to disappear. And now that, you, of course, now Tyrod Taylor is out uh, with an injury, I just think they're going to be staying at 32. Uh, but it's not a, that's not a hard conversation because nobody, the heat, doesn't come from the bottom of the rankings. The heat comes from people that are looking at that top 15 typically. Yeah, the Texans understand very I, I assume these fans at the bottom – hate you if you don't give them 32. You know, like, <laughs> right. No, Dan's well, you're not watching a game. Our, our yeah. team is much worse than that team. And it's like the Lions right now looking pretty good. Third yeah. from the yeah. ball. That's, the that's, a, that's what yeah, winning does. That's what winning does. You yeah. climb up the ladder of the Dan Zeus ranking when you steal victory from the jaws of defeat whenever Mike Zimmer plays a Hail Mary-like defense. <laughs> goal line, oh, fifteen yard line. <laughs> what is he Cameron doing? Cameron Dantzler playing eleven yards off the receiver. I, uh, that was wild. Um, the other thing I like is when people are so frustrated with their team, like Steelers fans. I've gotten messages this year, like they're not low enough on the power rankings. They like want to punish their teams when they get them angry, and they they want them as far down as the, in the rankings as possible. So um, I guess it kind of. For their pain, it satiates them to see them buried in the rankings. That happens too. Well, and also Yinzers think like boys will see it. You get them down there a little bit low. They won't want to be that low. You know what I mean? They'll want to play better and get higher. Go ahead, Tone. Uh, Mr. Zeus, we had an inside source within your office say that you'd been getting some razz because you hadn't been on the show yet. So now that you have, do you go dunk on them? And can you mention the names that have been doing that? Yeah, what's that all about? Hmm. Fuck them, Dan Zeus. You're Uh, the guy giving out the rankings. Let's see. Probably that jerk money. Oh, hey, he's yoked by the way 
Oh, I know. You know why? Because he gets up every morning at five and goes surfing. And uh, he's so cool. He's, he's, money. he's so he's money. cool, dude. He's so cool. Uh, you should see the guy. He comes in. You know, you got to get in that makeup chair for the power ranking show. And, you, and they don't even have to touch him because he's like this golden <laughs> orange from the Southern California sun. <laughs> Um, no, I don't really need to dunk on anyone. It is great to be on the show, though. You guys do awesome work, and I, uh, you know, funny as hell, and no. it's it's very cool to be on the show. So All right, well, Dan, you ruined it at the end, but you had a great <laughs> you had a great appearance here. We can't thank you enough. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance to chat with you again, especially as playoff time comes nearer. With these rankings being the authority on where teams stand and where they do not, we thank you, Dan. Thank you. Hey, we got that graphic for you too. I, we showed money this thing. I didn't know if you, if you were, uh, look at that. <laughs> How about that's it? see, that was the inspiration. Now we just need that budget uh, to get to the mountaintop and then hoist that lightning bolt at the very top as uh, money hoists the tablet, the stone tablet. I mean, I feel like it. That's money right there. Yeah, yes. well, that's money and dancers. <laughs> that's what that is. That's money and that's dancers. We'll put the rankings on that graphic so we don't have to scroll through uh, the website. Yeah. I mean, Beautiful. there has to be some sort of budget over there to create a picture with your rankings on them right. somewhere. If not, uh, we will try to do it because we appreciate and respect your work, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Around the NFL podcast mm -hmm. and the NFL Power Rankings show, ladies and gentlemen, dancers. Joining us now is another man who took Dime. a lot of guys in the NFL. Uh -huh. He actually took Dime. more guys than anybody else in the history of the Green Bay Packers. And you'd ask yourself, how did it all go Dime. for this guy? It's because he's a college football national champion. Ooh. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a Ryder Cup champion, dad of the year, Centerville, Ohio's finest. Ladies and gentlemen... Aaron James Hawk. Yeah, baby! What's up, dude? What's up, guys? How's it going? Who was uh, you had uh, Dan Zeus? Yeah. Dan Hanzers. Dan Hanzers tells me he's never been called Danzers in the history of his life. I have to question all of his friends. I mean, immediately, right? Don't you, AJ, yeah. at that point? Yeah, I mean, I would assume. I mean, I thought that was his real name for a while. So, yeah, it does make sense how you combine him. Like I told you, I thought you had Moz on for a second. I didn't think he was coming. No, Moz has a rankings. Jeff Saturday has a rankings. Stephen A. has a rankings. The ESPN has a rankings. Mm -hmm. Bleacher Report has a ranking. Fox has a ranking. What? Everybody yeah. has a ranking. But Mitt everybody has rankings. Mick yeah, has yeah, his rankings yeah. every once in a while, but not weekly. The <laughs> NFL's rankings is through dances. And I, too thought that was his name okay i just i would see it on the screen wait did you guys make this yeah yeah we created this because nobody at the nfl network will do this for the fucking guy uh, i mean get him a graphic everybody else has 10 graphics that are put out yeah. basically dan zeus who's the authority from the nfl taking heat from nfl fans because he's representing the nfl in this ranking process and probably from some teams within the yeah. nfl fuck this guy yeah. you know he guy can't even get a grab this guy is the authority he was a great conversation too aj did you listen to that thing I did not. I just saw that he was on. Was I assume he was good and gave you some good info. He, well, he told us about how his rankings go. It's not a official standings. It's official rankings. And that was kind of interesting. Does that I, mean like most likely to win the Super Bowl is the number one team? Yeah. I, I, you know, he said it and it sounded great. And he had said it to people in the past. Who but came I, up with power rankings? Well, who knows? We're not ranking like, hey, here's one through ten of just like the best teams. But when you say power rankings, it's no one's really sure what that means. Well, that's what I was 
So I was trying to, that was the entire conversation basically uh, was to peel back the onion. And he said, it's kind of like a future where he looks at who they're playing against and how it's going to set up. The playoff picture matters a lot. Who's good right now? He said, there's been a couple teams that have poked their head up into his top 10 that he kind of trusted. He said, I got to earn a lot of trust with these guys that they're going to go for the long haul. So I think it is for the long haul, but it's at the moment as well. It's a fine balance that he has to do, but trust is the main factor. He said, a lot of teams have lost his trust. Hey, fuck yeah. Uh-huh. Up there and then they lose his trust. They're out of there all of a sudden, AJ. Well, this does seem to be the year that you could uh, lose trust in a team. I, I guess I, I give it more credit. I didn't know that much went into it, that they look at like, their future schedule, all of that. I think that's cool. Though. He said the anxiety is crippling when I hey, told him. I don't him. think other people are probably putting in the time that Dan Zeus is putting yeah, in. No way. He took a shot at a pool that does 81. People. Yeah, he said 81 people. I don't know if they watch film. You know, he said, I dive into the film on Mondays. He said, I, you know, I set the ranking a little bit on re- uh, outcomes of games and scores and stuff like that. But then on Monday, I say, all right, nobody fucking talk to me. That's right. Yep. I'm going into the film. Film cave, and I'm watching every single game, and that's gonna do. That's gonna determine who's going where. So Dan Zeus, and then he said he puts the final rankings together, and then he has two freakouts. He says every single time, and then he hits send and sends it to 17 people around the NFL media, and then it's gone, and then it's out there, and then he just has to sit on his Twitter waiting for <laughs> the the Ravens, the Titans, and the Seahawks fans to come in and absolutely bury him. He said, and it's a, it's not an easy job, but not everybody's Dan Zeus. Mm-hmm. Nope. Right. I mean, that's why he gets paid the big bucks, right? It, where, so he's on NFL well, Network. Does he does he come out and give out his rankings on air every week? Yeah, yeah oh, it's yeah. called the Power Rankings Show. It's awesome. It, it is. Money Smith has pit. They have pit vipers on, and they're on, they're on NFL Network, right? So on yeah. the TVs, it's you got like ESPN, you got Fox Sports, you got NBC Sports, you got some other shit, and then you got NFL Network on our TVs out here. And the way everybody else has these suits on, and they're yell ah ah ah. Even though they have access to highlights. Uh All those people. They have access to highlights and they do all that. Then one of the TVs just turns into fucking Matt Money Smith and Dan Zeus with uh, goddamn pit vipers on and they're going crazy and they're sitting in a very tiny studio, it appears. Mm. I mean, it is. It's electrifying. It's an internet show that's on NFL Network and I think that's why we appreciate it so much. And after talking to Money Smith and after talking to Dan Zeus, they're good dudes. And and getting paid the big bucks is interesting because we did elaborate on that a little bit as Matt Money Smith said. You know, this is a guy Roger Goodell takes all the bullets for the NFL and gets paid $40 million for it. He said, Dan Hanzus kind of takes all the bullets and he gets paid seventy dollars to $85,000. <laughs> yeah. So that's, really? yeah, he said that on air. And I was like, I, we all started laughing and he was like, uh, too much information. So we obviously had to address that in the conversation. He said, a little bit more than that. Because $75,000, $80,000 in California, I mean, Dan Zeus, he couldn't be that electrifying. live off 10 He could not do that over there. So... You know, we're pumped for Dan Zeus coming on. He's a friend of the show now. He's a friend of the show, AJ. That's awesome. I, well, I remember Matt Money Smith, the tank top. He was jacked, wore the shades. Like, he was great. He surfs every morning, 5 a.m. Really? Yeah, he fucking goes out there in his little like wet Bodie. suit. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Point break. Point break. Oh, okay. Keanu Reeves. Utah. Patrick Swayze. Give me two. No worries. Yeah, you don't know. Oh, like you fucking know anything about these normally. Okay. I know Point no, Point Break. Yes, I absolutely know a lot about that one. Is it a surf movie? Yeah, Patrick yeah, Swayze, Keanu Reeves. Oh, surfing, yeah, Bad Robin. So the surf thing, because I watch so many docs about, you know, animals and stuff. Macaques. Macaque monkeys, by the way. Look into them. They're a fucking savage bunch. Dude. <laughs> I don't know how they operate in the way that they do. They still exist. The Octopi one on uh, Netflix is worth a watch. 
uh, for sure. But everything I've watched on like sharks and shit, surfers just look like big turtles, right? Seals. Seals. Big seals. Yeah, yeah, big seals or whatever it is. Yeah. And isn't that what they attack? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's always been the determinant for me, and I'm not going to surf. But it looks like everybody who does it is great, has a great time. Yeah. It looks like the surf community is an <laughs> awesome one, like yeah. a fucking incredible one. I just yep. can't find it in me to be, you know, shark bait, actually. There's a dock, too, a 100-foot wave, and it's about, like, the big wave surfers and not just sharks because some of them just get absolutely pummeled by these massive rocks. waves. Yeah. And rocks. And underneath. rocks. Oh, yeah. Hey, I got a lot of respect for the way uh, the surf community, though, bro. Oh, yeah. Shaka. Throw shakas <laughs> at all of them, bro. Ain't that right, bro? No. Come on, bro. What's uh, you are, you, you're uh, Italian, and now you're going to be the surf culture. Well, too? first of all, I talked to a very prominent Italian this morning, and uh, I was I was asked to myself, "How's the guy Bagul?" Actually, and I was like, "Guy Bagul, pretty good." How's the Mattarella? You know what I mean? Let's talk about uh, something that isn't Italy or Italians. AJ can't do this. I just realized. Um, there is big news coming out of the NFL. Jair Alexander has been. Is returning to practice today, first time wow. since week four shoulder injury. Matt LaFleur said he will be doing individual drills. His three-week window officially begins. No go yet for Bakhtiari or Zadarius Smith, but Packers corner Jair Alexander is back. That's via Bob Domovsky over there at the ESPN. Let's go. Yeah. It's good news. Obviously, adding to the arsenal that has become a much better defense than they were at the beginning of the season, adding another weapon in this playoff push late after the bye week, got to feel good if you're a Packers fan aj oh absolutely i mean kid like people forget how how elite jair alexander is on he's the corner guy. like luckily douglas has come in what a great acquisition they brought him in the guy's becoming a star oh, already in that cool. secondary so yeah they they can't wait to get jair back especially for for a good playoff push it seems like it'd be perfect ty pumped zadaria smith what bakhtiari what 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 Jair alexander what? let's go yeah i mean this is you know dream scenario our two best defensive players potentially coming back like AJ said he like he is a true number one corner he is unbelievable they really have missed him other guys have stepped up you get him and Zadarius Smith back <laughs> now we now we go okay so the Packers could be getting even better as we head into the home stretch here Sunday night football against the Chicago Bears if you do recall the last time the Packers played the Chicago Bears Aaron Rodgers scored touchdown mm -hmm. and then he told the entire city that he fucking owns you that's right my entire fucking life, dude. Well, I was in Butte County, California, and I had no idea the city existed. Still owns you then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what a moment. Jogging off, pointing. You. Hey, fuck you, actually. <laughs> you. You get it. And Chicago's doing the exact same thing. And the stats prove that Aaron Rodgers is potentially the landlord of the Chicago Bears. And on Sunday Night Football in Lambeau, it'll be nice to see that Aaron, after having a conversation with Justin Fields after the game, saying, hey, Justin, like, this, this is a real rivalry. Like, hey, this is a really cool thing. Like, you should embrace this. This game has been going on a long time. We didn't know if Justin Fields would be playing Justin Fields is in for Sunday. Mm -hmm. So Aaron Rodgers will be playing against Justin Fields on Sunday Night Football in Lambeau Field. Ian Rappaport is reporting that the Bears coach Matt Nagy told reporters just now that rookie quarterback Justin Fields, who had rib injuries, has been cleared and will start Sunday versus the Packers. This rivalry is something I think Justin Fields didn't want to miss. Who knows if this is a game he would be back if it wasn't the Packers game. I'm excited for this, AJ. This is good news. Well, this is potentially setting up to be like the Justin Fields coming out party for his NFL career. Mm. Like if he could find a way oh. to put together a hell of a performance oh, Sunday yeah. night against the Packers, they don't even have to win. 
if they can keep it close and Justin Fields can kind of answer after Aaron scores, yeah, I think he could. This could go a long way for him. I'm coming out, but do the bear hair stinking? Does it matter? I'm coming out. Nagy's gonna get fired. So is That's what Justin Fields could be saying on Sunday night, maybe, to the entire world. If he gets a win and they get a win, I have no idea how the Bears fans will feel about it. I think the Bears want Justin Fields to succeed, but they want Nagy to fail. So whenever you combine that on national television, prime time against the Packers, well, it's probably a little bit split there. I mean, what you guys want to beat the Packers, but you don't want to do too good. We want to win. Yeah. But not by too much. I think no matter what, the the stone is set that he's gone. Nagy's gone no matter what. End of the season. Uh, they don't like to fire coaches during the season, so they're going to wait to the end. But never know. Get them out! What if they went out? What if Justin I Fields? Mean, what uh, if they went out? The play- uh, goodbye parties. It's a better goodbye party. Or they get beat by five touchdowns on Sunday night. Oh, and shit yeah. can Nagy right after the game. Oh, but they don't normally fire They know normally, but if they get really embarrassed. Never have. Justin Fields is a ball player, right? We all think. Yeah. 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 They traded up to. Honestly, would do. No, would, I do. I do think he is. But there's a lot of question marks still out there. Yeah, we have no yeah. idea. And he's got no help around him. I mean. And I mean, Dalton died out there a few times. Uh huh. Yeah. And most of the games he played, Montgomery wasn't playing. He played good in the first time they played the Packers. The mm-hmm. game me and Zito went to, like in person, yeah. he definitely looks like a guy. And they're gonna fire. Gun. And they're gonna fire the coach and have a brand new offense for him year two. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he played well against the Steelers on the road too. I mean, that's a tough place to play. They'll have to rebuild that entire thing. It's fa- It's interesting. Depends because- who you bring in. Like it, well, Nagy's there right now, so yeah, we're speaking on about his job. Like he's not gonna be there. But if they hey, do we apologize, Nagy. We're not the only ones. No. Nope. We, we Love you, yeah. but get out. Yeah, we. Uh, well, okay. That's not love. Z, yeah, you're diehard Bears fan, Z. Yeah, we love the guy, but get the get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> no hard feelings. Oh, thanks for your service, Sounds man. We right. appreciate yeah. you, dude. <laughs> well, we need you to. Where does Nagy go? Does he become an offensive coordinator right Alabama. away somewhere else? Hold on. So you this know. is what Rapport. We just talked about take this. A, le- take a year off. Take a year off. Take a year off and let your resume sound a lot better than it is initially, right? Because and also, what have you missed out on potentially as being a head coach as you're in your own cave? Take a year off. Go experience some things, maybe around the league, talk to coaches. Do Doug Peterson did like an entire tour yeah. of everybody else's facilities and every what everybody's got going on. I think that's the right move, personally. I mean, Gase, is, uh, Gase has been gone for what? A year now? Two years? Two? One. One. Yeah. One year. Well, Gase's name, year. that's going to start getting circulated again this upcoming hiring season. Not for a head coach job, but he'll get hired as an offensive coordinator somewhere, and some fan base is going to go, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? Hey, and then he might be able to get back to the top. They should have him on uh, Monday Night Mannings. Yeah, because Peyton oh, and him be tight, sweet. right? And Eli could throw little jabs back and forth. It could be good. Oh, I think that would be the perfect guess. What about Bill O'Brien? Do you think Bill O'Brien will get a, especially with how Houston is now and obviously Alabama? think he'll get a head coaching gig or even so, a couple interviews so bill o'brien he complimented bryce young he said like he's the most professional young person i've ever been around or something i wonder if bill o'brien wants to dive right back into the nfl head coach <laughs> bullshit you know yeah i bet he does you I think so if, if it's offered I ha- he'd have a hard time turning it down if someone if anyone's offering him an interview for a head coaching gig i'm guessing he's taking it 
Those coaches just love it. Fucking feed me more. He seems like the guy who yeah. would definitely get back as soon as possible. Yeah, because he's got a lot of axe to grind. Too. Like, how do you yeah, think I mean, Gase is doing with this time off? I would imagine he is like doing what you said Peterson was doing, like trying to do some self scout or whatever. But I bet he is dying to get back and start coaching again. I think I know what Gase is doing. Right, yeah. if that press conference is any indicator, well, he's probably having a pretty good time. I wish he would have taken a TV gig for a year. <laughs> so we could learn about him a little bit. We know nothing about him other than, hey, your team's fucking yeah. stink and your press conference was wild. But everybody's like, well, he's not a nice guy. It's like, well, he loses all the time. It's hard to be a nice guy whenever you're losing all True. the time. I, I do wonder what Gase is actually like. You know, like, it would be awesome. Everyone, I mean, most people have a negative opinion, I guess, on how he is, but just like bizarre press conferences and everything. If he actually went on and did some stuff like on TV. I think it'd be cool to see what he's really like. It could only get better, I would imagine. Let's talk about learning about somebody and what they're really like. Have you watched any of the man in the arena? There was another episode yesterday. It was awesome. Strahan was on there. Randy Moss was on there. I had no idea that while Randy Moss was playing for the Oakland Raiders, not his best football, he admitted it. I kind of fell apart out there or whatever. He flew on a private plane back to Minnesota during his bye week when the Patriots were playing the Minnesota Vikings, went into the hotel of the New England Patriots and said, hey, Tom, I I just want to tell you, I won't play football with you, man. And they dapped up, they hugged, they did an entire, they did not know each other, I guess, at this time. They hugged, and then Randy left, hopped on a plane, flew back to Oakland, finished the season with the Raiders. This was mid week eight, I think, or whatever. Tom Brady threw like five touchdowns that night. They went on to do their thing against the Giants, right? That was, or no, no, no. No, Before we, that, it was uh, a yeah, loss to the Broncos, I believe. Yeah, to the Broncos or the Colts. Broncos or the Colts. I forget which one it was. I think maybe the Broncos. But then the next offseason, Bill Belichick asked Tom Brady, hey, we're thinking about trading a fourth fucking rounder, by the way. We're thinking about trading a fourth rounder for Randy Moss. And Tom Brady was like, absolutely. That's where that clip came from. I had no idea Randy did that. That is awesome. And Randy Moss was uh, one of my favorite players growing up as a, as a young who watched the NFL. I enjoyed it. They can't jump. I, I enjoyed the fact that he knew he was better than everybody. He was better than everybody. Told everybody he was better than everybody. It was not scared to back it up whenever he was challenged if he was better than everybody. He seemed like the perfect NFL wide receiver in my eyes. And I think a lot of people viewed him the same exact way. Last night we learned a man in the arena. Tom Brady literally told him, you can run whatever fucking route you want on this play. So he literally ran this deep post drag route and that was like the first touchdown against the Jets or something and then they would have three on the opening night and then it would just go on to being great I love hearing that type of shit you know like I love Randy even more and I love Tom a lot more after watching this man in the arena well the fact that that worked out he, he takes a private jet just to go see the team when he's on his bye week and then all of a sudden it happens and you're with the Patriots and he was dominating that year it's a shame that it didn't get Randy the, the Super Bowl that was like Everyone thought, okay, Randy's going to get a ring now, and obviously it didn't happen. But, yeah, he was I – bet, I bet Patriots fans – Connor, I, I'm sure he wasn't there long, but people probably still look at him as one of their favorite Patriots. Love Randy. You still see Randy Moss jerseys when you go to Gillette and Foxborough. I it, mean, it was electrifying watching those highlights from last night. I mean, he was just – He was so smooth and fast and, <sighs> and just catching I'm balls big. right over the shoulder and making it look so easy. He dropped a ball or something. He dropped one, or Tom missed him. I forget what it was. They come back into the huddle. 
And Thomas, same fucking play, ready? Yeah. And then they go right back out, and then they hit him on the neck. I think, I think Randy dropped one. I think this was late in the season. It was playing. It might have been Super Bowl. I'm not. Uh, it was the week seven, uh, week seventeen against, against the, Giants. the Giants to yeah. go undefeated or yep. whatever. It was a lot closer game than I remembered. By the way, them going undefeated that season. I forgot how dominant they were at the beginning, and then I did not recall that the Giants had done what they had done at the end of the season to the Patriots, who were being deemed the greatest team of all time that year. People were talking about it. Skip Bayless. Was in man in the arena last night. 20 times. He was wrong every time. I mean, he might have been the guy that made Tom Brady develop this man in the arena mantra. Honestly. Like, the man in the arena, right, is a big quote about those motherfuckers that aren't in there have any idea what they're doing. The naysayers, the people that talk about you, the people that have never been in there could never understand what you have to go through to get to this point. I don't know the exact quote, but that's kind of what it is. And Tom Brady has talked about it, I think, a couple times in his man in the arena. Oh, they're saying this, they're saying that. And then they're running clips of Skip Bayless wrong. I mean, a lot. I was like, holy shit, this dude's been wrong a long time. I completely forgot about him in 2005, 2006, hitting homers in the hot take department. Uh And just, he was in there through the entire thing. It was awesome. Watching. Skip goes that way. Skip goes back to 2005, 2006 oh, when yeah. he was doing what he's doing now. Dude, same exact thing. When did he start? Like, when did that become a thing where it was Skip and giving his take? So I don't. Around there, then, I thought they. I don't know. It's like mean, when that whole genre started. I guess was he was on Cold Pizza. I remember before, and then yeah. basically right after that, him and Stephen A. started the studio show. And there's a few other analysts who are going to take it on the shins going forward, especially after seeing, like, that was the first time, kind of. Max, wasn't Max wrong Kellerman a few times? is going to be on there. And also, friend of the show, Trent Dilfer, oh, is going to really? be on there a couple See, times. See, I thought about yeah. that while we were oh, listening yeah, to Skip, right? While I was listening to Skip last night, it was like, oh, another one. Oh, and then he, even in the Super Bowl, by the way, the, against the Giants, uh, Skip picked the Patriots. You know, mm-hmm. so he was so the entire time he was against the Patriots, they're dead. 2006, they were dead, by the way. Tom Brady was no longer Tom Brady. They were not dynastic. I mean, that conversation literally has been happening, I guess, since 2006. Yeah. 15 years later, by the way, he's leading the NFL in pass yards and touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, that is just something to think about. But as they continue to play his entire thing through there, I was like, oh, no, we're going to be in somebody's documentary. Oh, no, it's going to happen. We got to watch it. These are things we got to think about. Because when you are day to day, it's hard not to just live and die with every story that pops up but man listening to some of those takes from back in the day that are now in there awesome it is awesome. You, it, what does it show you it shows you that it doesn't matter if you're wrong on any of your takes yeah, look at where skip is now then. from where he was then well i don't know also like the the narrative I mean, that like these guys don't, don't hear this stuff it's like hey yep. guess what brady remembers everything that's fucking been said about him since he was at michigan like these guys don't forget this kind of shit when people go on somewhere and, and talk about them stinking or them being done like they might not address it but like they're never forgetting shit like that it's a great you know chip on a shoulder builder oh is that right fucking guy oh okay oh okay. oh but you know, like anything, like any take, though, if it turns out to be correct, then, yeah, you could come back and take a little victory lap if you want. But if you're wrong, they just move on and don't really talk about it. Yeah, that's the Internet, too, you know? Yeah. A lot of Which misses is just I mean, scrolled by. You got to take a shot. Like, you're going to be wrong, of course. Well, but if you're a hot take taker, you know, that's why I think, I don't know. I People said I've given some hot takes, and maybe in some condescending fashions I have about some sports. Like soccer, I mean, we're gonna win. That's okay. not a hot yeah. take. It's not a hot no, take. Yeah, I actually, I genuinely believe it. Okay, I want to let everybody know that. But those hot take takers, 
I gen like unless Skip and it sounds like he was same exact voice, same exact delivery. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was unbelievable. The competitive stamina of Skip Bayless, by the way. Was Ernestine on there? I don't know who that is. It's his wife. He always tweets about Ernestine, his wife. Okay, I don't think Ernestine made it on. It was just, okay. it was just when maybe in future. I like episodes. seeing behind the scenes. I like seeing Skip in his real his family life. Yeah, I like seeing him. He's got a sick collection of Jays. Yeah, I mean, I Drip Bayless is next level. But it was the same. I mean, his competitive stamina to play the hits is unbelievable yeah. to yeah. me. Absolutely unbelievable. So I, I think he genuinely believes the stuff that he believes. I think he, his brain yeah. is naturally wired to be like, okay, we like, as a body and as a whole, just stuff that nobody else does. Mm -hmm. And that is a weapon. That is a talent. Because the amount of shit that he has to eat from people, you know, is unbelievable. He never changes playing the same thing in that. But the hot take stuff, I think, is kind of dying down, isn't it? I think so. I th I think so, yeah. But I would assume that those shows are still the most watched shows on those networks. Yeah, but those networks' numbers, I mean, mm, there's oh, a scoreboard I mean, I mean, out a here discussion. on the internet. I'm yeah. just saying yeah. it maybe, but you know that some people tweet stuff like uh, Joe Brady to Sam Darnold is Drew Brees to Sean Payton. Like sometimes uh, those things. What yeah, is Gumpy's hair doing? Well, Gumpy's got his. He's started growing back. What? What do you mean? What happened? Started growing back. He just started wearing a hat every day. AJ decided not to wear a hat today. So you just always shave your head? Yeah. Yeah. He, he had Look the, at that lineup. Yeah, it's clean. We have a barber in the office, dude. Just got wow. done. This is like, uh, what's his name grew his hair out? Nick Wright had a shaved head, and now he's got long hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that. What? I think what it's mean? different. It like I think it's different than that. I think it's different than that. Yeah, yeah. A bit shocking. I, I mean, Nick was really. I mean, that thing came in like full. Joe's hair looks yeah. so good now. So yeah, good. I don't even remember those days because of how good it looks. This is like uh, Wayne Rooney. Yeah, like true. Wayne Rooney. His looks so good. It's like I don't even. Uh, you look at Drew Brees. Drew Brees. His yeah. hair looks oh, yeah. so fucking good. It's like all right, people need to relax with the uh, being. Are you scared. saying Gumpy got a hair system or no, something? No, that's what you said. But what oh, I'm saying dude. is people should not be scared to do that. Whatever, do you? Whatever makes no, you the best. No, you. No, this Nick grew back had, though. Yeah. Yeah, I always wear a hat. I've worn a hat every day since I've been there. Just tired of wearing one, AJ. Yeah, he no, it's, I, you look awesome. I was just a little bit surprised, and yet lineup is serious. He, that used to, <laughs> he used to bick his head for swim team up in uh, grade 10 in Canada. With the warm and fuzzies. Minus 8 Celsius? Yeah. Nah, minus 8 Celsius this morning, boy. It's getting cold. <laughs> it's getting cold in this conversation. It's about to heat up in another. Save that the, beard. That's got to create some drag. Well, that's what he's actually. What the new, the next look for Gumpy, I think, is going to be the best one. Yeah. I think. Oh, can, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. But joining he's us trying now, to change his look so he can stay here. My bad. Continue to talk. <laughs> Jay, come on, Hawk. Love you, Gump. Come on. I love you, Gump. Some breaking news coming out of the NFL. More specifically, the New Orleans Saints football program alongside aj hawk here ari mirov of pro football focus at my sports update is reporting that the saints running back mark ingram has tested positive for COVID 19. he is now likely out for sunday's game versus the jets ingram is now the second saints player to test positive this week alongside pro bowl defensive end cam jordan Ooh. okay so cam jordan uh Big, massive part of their defense, mm -hmm. COVID positive, probably out against the Jets. Mark Ingram tested positive for COVID, probably out against the Jets. Taysom Hill going to play through that mallet finger that uh, Russell Wilson had to battle against like a Wolverine. Taysom Hill said, fuck it, I'll play. Uh, it's an interesting scenario going down in New Orleans. What a nightmare. At least they're playing the Jets, I guess, is probably how everybody's looking at it. That's a Saints fan right now. 
Did I miss it uh, while you were talking? Who's the Jets quarterback this week? Zach Wilson. Yeah. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Is he's, he going to be Zach? He's back last week. All right. I never know week to week, day to day, who's going to be in the lineup there or really anywhere else. He made so some good went, throws last week. He made some good throws, some bad yeah. throws. <laughs> you know, him getting a chance to watch some success from other people, you know, probably not that bad of a thing. He's going to take his lumps. He's going to have his oh. opportunity. But the Jets as a whole. Yeah. What are they going to be next year versus what they are this year? I don't know. It stinks because it seems like he might just fall right into like the Sam Darnold thing where it's like before he looks up and he's already had three offensive coordinators in four years. Like Justin they, Fields. Yeah, like they, they just they stink. And I don't know. I don't think it matters how good he is as to whether or not they're going to get better. Like they're just not hey, I have good. faith in Bob Sala, huh? Don't you have faith in Bob Sala? It's not about them. Let's talk about Sean Payton, I guess, though. Let's talk about the Saints. This team, are they mailing it in? Should they at this point? What, what you know, what are they doing? For a better year? draft pick, you're saying? Yeah, and they're getting a veteran quarterback in the offseason, even though they're $70 million over the salary cap. That's what everybody... I, I assume Sean Payton's just like, let's just get to the fucking offseason. Let's just get through the rest of this year and do our thing. Mark Ingram, whenever he came back alongside Alvin Kamara, was a big celebration. Now he is out due to Uncle COVID. Is it the Omicron? Oh. How do we know? Are there special Omicron tests? I think so. That's how they have to determine, you know, who has it, who doesn't yeah. have it, right? They would have to have certain I don't think over-the-counter sells, like, no. specific Omicron tests. Abbott doesn't have an Omicron function? Uh, right? yeah. If they don't, they're working on it. I hope it's Omicron <laughs> at this point. Well, Omicron, it's interesting. For the people that it, yeah. it allegedly spreads much faster, right? I mean, who knows what we do know. But if people are getting tested every single day for their job, Omicron potentially comes, right? To every, like, uh -huh. comes through. like we're potentially getting Omicron, even though we're only testing once a month around here now because, you know, everybody's got the antibodies or, or the vaccination. Everybody's got the vaccination in here, but you get it. We've all kind of been through the COVID now at this point. Mm -hmm. If we test once a month, who knows if Omicron's already come through, right? Omicron's a fucking sprinter. Yeah. yeah. That's what they, they say Omicron's a sprinter, AJ. So it spreads faster than previous strands? I mean, we don't know shit about fuck mm. at this point, but yeah, I think I think this Omicron is a quick it's runner. It's actually very weak, though. Yeah, yeah, but we don't know if it is anything. So what would that test positive? Would that make it a positive test, probably? For sure, but you would have virtually no symptoms then, probably. But if you're not vaccinated, you have a 10-day. Right, yeah. Right, if you're getting tested every day. And I, this is, you know... This is going to be a wild ending to a season with a lot on the line. You know, like in the, the NBA with Canada not being able, nobody yeah, being able to if, go to. Yeah, what if you may have a playoff game in Canada? Like, that's a real thing. That's crazy there. But also in the NFL with the holidays coming up, people are going to test positive. And Aaron Rodgers actually isn't the only guy that isn't vaccinated in the NFL. Yeah, no. From what I, I, that is, I, I think. So the amount of potential, you know, positives. And, and there, if you're this late into the season and you're not vaccinated and you're on a team, let's assume you're a fucking guy. Okay, mm -hmm. because you mm -hmm. haven't been, you can be who you can afford to be. You can't get uh, forced out if you're a guy because you're making a decision that you deem is best in your best health. So there's going to be, you know, people and teams are going to deal with a lot more from their superstar guys. So with the holidays coming through, with the non-vaccinated guys who have to miss 10 days regardless, and Omicron that is allegedly a fucking sprinter and just runs through there. I mean, I am, it's, it could potentially really affect some teams. I mean, this could become a real thing down here late in season. Yeah, it definitely is something I'm sure coaches are worried about. But in basketball, let's say you, it looks like you may have a playoff game that will be in Canada. You can't just all of a sudden be like, okay, yeah, I'll get the shot, and, and they consider you vaccinated. Don't you have to be like a certain amount of days past your second shot? Yeah, because they're talking about Kyrie needing 
he would need two, but he needs three shots. And yeah. he two weeks in between. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah, a chance. So you can't no just way. get it. Jump out. Oh, here we go. I'm good to go now. Joining us now is a man who just won through the COVID battle and is good on the other side, which is an absolutely majestic and amazing thing. Happy to hear he's okay. He referenced the same doctor that our friend Aaron Rodgers did, Dr. Joe Rogan. Massive UFC coming up. UFC 269. Ladies and gentlemen, president of the UFC, Dana White. Yeah! Hey, happy you're good, man. What's up, guys? How are you? Hey, happy to hear you're okay. You know, there for a little bit, we, we were worried about you. Then you came out on the other side of it, talked some shit, and you seem to be all the way back to normal. Good for you, pal. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was, I, you, know, I got, I, you know, I told the story already. I got out of the steam, lost my taste and smell, knew I had it, so I called Rogan, did exactly what he did. Probably the most impressive thing that's happened since, uh, since, since I told the story, uh, you know, is my sister-in-law, Who's, who's 56 years old, smoker, lifetime smoker, um, uh, diabetes, asthma, overweight. Check, yeah, check all the bad boxes. She's got. She's 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 in for all of it. And uh, you know, we we did the same. She got tested positive on Friday, and she was really sick. Did did the stuff that Rogan said to do. By Monday, they were calling me asking me if she had to keep doing it. Do I have to keep doing it? Because I'm, I'm, I'm 100% better. So, doctor, That's no bullshit. Hey, listen, here's the thing. I make no money off this. This has nothing to do with, with, with financial, whatever. I get nothing out of this other than the fact that if you really want to beat COVID, I'm telling you right now, do, do what Rogan said to do. It's, I, I never felt better. I feel incredible right now. Took a nice week off, you know, doing the, the NAD drip, the vitamin drip. Worked out two days, uh, two a days, and uh, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. Well, we're happy to hear you're okay, and I'm sure the internet and people haven't told you about, you know, referencing Dr. Joe Rogan, who is one of the wealthiest men in the world at the moment, one of the most successful men in the world, who has access to people that none of us could dream of having access to, did something, got himself healthy, he has given information to Aaron Rodgers, who also did the same thing, the MVP of the NFL, now the president of the UFC, but I'm sure the internet will also come out and say, he doesn't fucking know a goddamn thing, I'm all listening to Dr. Joe Rogan, which I love then, that you called him that, by the way. Did you know what my response is? Don't do it. <laughs> Don't sit alone in a room for 10 fucking days, and then uh, when you start to die, uh, go to the hospital and see how that works out for you. Good luck to you. Hey, well, we're happy you're back on the other side of this thing. Great to see you. UFC 269 this weekend, going to be a big-time event at the T-Mobile Arena. How, how have you been preparing for it? Did you miss it whenever you were out for a week, whenever you took that week off? Did you flirt with retirement, maybe, as you were enjoying <laughs> that life during the COVID cave? No, I I did not. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back. I'm looking for, and this one's at T-Mobile Arena, so it's sold out. Fans, it'll be packed. It'll be energetic, exciting, and I'm um, looking forward to it. How's that T-Mobile Arena been? I know once they when they built it, I was excited because I knew you can have a lot of events there. I've actually never been to a fight there. I've been inside. How has that been for your your partnership? Yeah, it, it's cool. You know, it, it's funny because. You know, my whole career, I've been in Vegas, and I've either done Mandalay Bay or MGM. And then, you know, you get attached to those places. Then when we went over to T-Mobile, it, it was a little different. But I love T-Mobile now, man. It's it's a state-of-the-art facility, and, and, you know, it's bigger. More people can come to the event. And, and 
we keep selling it out, so it's it's awesome, man. How do you scout the venues that you're going to head to next? Obviously, law and jurisdiction and everything is a big part of it, and who knows about the COVID, but is there some arenas that you scout out because like, you know that you have a massive amount of fans, or do you just assume at this point your fans will travel to wherever you have fights at? Yeah, I mean, any major city in the world. I mean, we, we, we go to major cities, smaller cities for fight nights. We, we take this thing everywhere because, you know, when, when you watch – and, and I'll give you my honest. There's nothing bigger than the NFL in, in this country, right? It's 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 the biggest and the baddest sport in, in the country. And my experience with it is, it is awesome on television. Live, eh, not not so much. I'm, I'm not I'm not a, a, as big of a fan going to the NFL live, but I love it on television. The UFC is awesome on television. It's even better live. So when people get the opportunity to experience the live event, um, we, we want to take this thing as many places as possible. Okay, so this upcoming weekend, you have a massive Poirier-Oliviera fight coming up. What do you expect out of the diamond? Uh, how do you think this thing turns out? And what other fights are on the card that we should look forward to? You always put out on Instagram, this is the one I told you about. You know, you always post that, oh, this is what I told you about. I'm like, when the fuck did he tell us about it? I feel like I missed the lead up for some of these, but I do enjoy you the way you utilize social media to promote all these things. Yeah, so... so uh, Emmett and Ige, Dan Ige and uh, Josh Emmett are fighting on the, the main fight on the prelims. That fight should be an absolute war and uh, should be a very fun one. So, and, I mean, Poirier and, 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 um, and the champ, they, uh, you know, Poirier's been waiting for this moment for a long time. Charles has, has been, has been, Fight, fought everybody you could possibly fight and finally wins the title. And uh, this is a big fight for both of these guys. Um, I, I expect that to be an absolute war, too, and I don't see that going five rounds. You had a couple cards in the last month, or two months maybe, and I, I obviously we're a big-time football show, but anytime there's some fights, you can't help but turn it on or watch it or see the highlights on it. You've had some cards that have been like, really fucking stacked right At, like i feel like you're hitting a pretty good groove right now of fighters understanding what maybe people want fighters buying in a little bit more to like hey i'm coming in here to get punched and to punch people do you have a sense of that or is it just you know good fight it, promotion booking coming out of this pandemic you know we went through it and coming out of it the the, the, the sport is bigger and crazier than it's ever been man we're going to break the record this year for most pay-per-views uh, hey, congrats, it, it, down yeah. there. congrats down there. Way to go. We've sold out every event since fans could come back. Every event's been a sellout. And the list just goes on and on. Our, our, our business is off the charts right now. And, yeah, we, we keep stacking these cards up and putting on the absolute best fights we possibly can. Hasbulla, is he calling the shots or what's what's going yes, on? Exactly. Has, Hasbulla is, is, uh, <laughs> is running shit over here. <laughs> How was that meeting? Was it awesome? It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he, he's awesome, and uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to get him over here. I want to get him over here to an event, and maybe he could do a round of uh, of um, interviews with with all the media too. Oh, that'd be amazing! It's amazing how many people love this guy. How could you not? I mean, I haven't met him. I've only seen him on the internet. But this morning, I saw a full warm up routine from Hasbullah <laughs> and Leonard Fournette of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, this is me getting ready to go play with Tom Brady. He is beloved by everybody. Him doing interviews right next. Oh, oh, 
Oh, uh-huh. that would be awesome. I can't wait to see it, Dana. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Dana, is there any update on uh, Connor McGregor? It seems like his recovery is going well and he uh, wants to get back in the ring. Yeah, yeah, it's, go- it's going good. And, uh, you know, we're hoping to have him back training April, May and fighting this summer. So when you see him walking in front of that TV, mm-hmm. you know, on the video, do you, is it, that makes you excited, I assume? Like, okay, this guy is itching to get back and make a deal or no? Well, I actually talked to him. So when I talked, imagine if that's what he's doing during the fights. Imagine <laughs> when we talk. I mean, this guy's chomping at the bit. I was just saying the other day, he's still very passionate about fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah, he might be training like like Rocky and Rocky Three, you know, on yachts and shit. But uh, <laughs> the, the guy is still fired up to fight and uh, passionate about the sport and, you know, wants to get in there and battle still. Do you have a deal with him? Is there fights left on a deal for him? Or is that something? Yeah, you- yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Connor's a nightmare in the fact that if the press conference is at 4 o'clock and it's airing live on ESPN, he'll show up at 7.15. Uh, you know, in that type of, you know, with that shit, he's a nightmare, okay? But, uh, you know, dealing with Connor McGregor behind the scenes and business-wise, he's a smart kid. He's a smart kid. Obviously, look at what he's done. And... Uh, He's easy to do business with. Uh, Last question for me before AJ's got one. And Dana, I can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, you know, the business side of your is talked about a lot. And we've asked you about this. And you the last time you brought it up, you actually said there's a lot of fighters that actually would like their numbers not to be promoted because where they come from, their family, they don't want everybody knowing exactly how much money they're made. Do you find yourself dealing a lot more with the fighters directly, deals being much more friendly? Or is it when agents get what, – what is something potentially in the backside of the promotion business, which I know is always in the fight business, has always been something. How have you tried to minimize those and kind of expedite the process well you know uh, th- there's so many fighters under contract here now that uh you know there's some that i deal with personally and then the the, the matchmakers and our lawyer deal with others and and we deal with a lot of managers too so it's 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 a it's a it's a big mixture but most of the fighters and when i say most i mean almost all of them that are that are making big money don't want it out there and don't want people to know what they make yeah Really? They just they think they're going to be a target or something if, if you put it out there how much they're getting? Oh, listen. You ever you know how many family members I take care of? <laughs> yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. I got the whole fucking family on both sides. I'm sure once uh, when WME yeah. came in, that probably you got a lot more family members came in as well. The uh, 100%. And then you got the friends that you've had for like, you know, everybody's looking for some money, man. Yeah. They you don't know, just send and, us this plane. We're good. And let me tell you what, the narrative that we don't pay and everybody's broke, sure, they like that They like that narrative. <laughs> Go ahead, Ty. Dana, one of the last times you were on here, I asked you about the uh, the Raiders and, like, the excitement in Vegas. And I think at the time, you know, they were, like, 4-1 and one, or they are you know, doing really well. And then all the Gruden shit happened. Have you noticed, like, the uh, atmosphere in Vegas around the Raiders change at all as this season's continued? No, not at all. Um, you know, much like the Golden Knights, it's just it's on Hell fire yeah. in this town, man. Every weekend, everybody's at the game. When when you drive to work, everybody either has Golden Knights license plates or Raiders. You know th- this this town has turned into a big sports town. What do you think about the future of the Raiders? You know, are you a Raiders fan now because it's kind of your town, your adopted town? You like the Patriots. You love Tom Brady. I mean, right now you're a big businessman. You're doing shows in stadiums and shit. Are you torn? How 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 does the fanhood go in the NFL? 
I have a box at Raider Stadium. Oh, hey, those are expensive as fuck, by the way. I, those came out very quick. <laughs> yeah. That a boy, Dana. Yeah, Dana. Hey, boy, this guy from Boston up there. All right. I am. I am good friends with Mark Davis, and I like him very much. Uh, but I am a Patriots fan to the core. Oh yeah. We just beat the Bills, which is fucking awesome. Um, and now Brady's going to go in and slap the shit out of the Bills uh, this weekend. <laughs> And uh, life is good for me in the football world. Are you watching Man in the Arena? Am I watching what? Man in the Arena. It's on ESPN. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I just watched episode one. Oh, you're going to love it. And now, granted, you have a different relationship with Tom, and you're from that area, and you follow the Patriots a lot more. But getting to learn about him, just those elite-level motherfuckers, like you, by the way. The thing that make you guys tick, as opposed to everybody else, is always fascinating. That's why those documentaries do so well. When are we getting a Dana White one? <laughs> Not interested. Come on! <laughs> Come on! I've, I've heard some hilarious tales from back in the day of how you got started with some potential Irish mobsters and, <laughs> and boxing and then moving to uh, Las Vegas and then, the, uh, you know, convincing the Fertitas, like, hey, this is a good idea, and then boom, becoming... I mean, that's worthy of a fucking doc, Dana. We need it. Let's go. Yeah, they can make it when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can't wait for it. I, I can't wait for it. Hopefully, we'll have a small part of it. Good luck on UFC 269 this weekend. I'm sure it'll do amazing. And thanks for spending time with us. Thanks, guys. Hey. Have a great day. Hey, tell Dr. Joe Rogan we said hello, and thanks for keeping you alive. You know what I mean, ladies I and will, gentlemen? I will. Hey, let me tell you what. If, if the shit goes down, make him or me your first phone call. <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen, Dana White, you got it. So incredibly sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that learning to code might be the easiest way to change your career. That might sound crazy, but I'm being 100% serious. Coding is this word that sounds incredibly difficult, but there is a company now that is ready to teach you how to code in a beautiful, efficient manner, and that can change your career, your trajectory forever. And that's when you learn with Codecademy. Codecademy is the best way to learn code online. They not only teach you the job, ready coping skills, but also help you build unique projects for your portfolio, earn certificates, and even prep for technical interviews. You can get qualified for in-demand jobs in as little as two months. Learn at your own pace and at your own level. Choose what to learn from building websites to analyzing data and everything else you could want. Learn coding languages like Python, SQL, that's SQL, JavaScript, and more. Not sure where to begin? Codecademy me will point you in the right direction get instant feedback your code is tested as soon as you submit it so you always know if you're on the right track or not land your dream job in web development programming computer science data science and tons more it is the wave of the future and you can learn how to code with our friends at code academy join the millions and millions of people learning to code with code academy and see where coding can take you change your life change your job change your future Learn how to code with our friends at Codecademy and get 15% off your Codecademy Pro membership when you go to Codecademy.com and use promo code PAT. That's promo code P-A-T at C-O-D-E-C-A-D-E-M-Y.com to get 15% off your Codecademy Pro. The best way to learn code, Codecademy.com, promo code PAT. Let's get back to the show. Man who always looks the exact same. Always has an incredibly fresh lineup, a fresh fade. His lighting is perfect. He's in front of the same exact backdrop every time, which is a power play by a power player in the insider of the NBA game. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Athletic in the Stadium, Sean Sharadia. Yeah, baby, Sean! What up, Sean? 
Yo, your guy Gumpy, that kind of has some Doc Rivers flow to it. It looks, it looks, it looks nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I dig it. It looks unbelievable. It looks smooth. It hey, looks that clean. boy Gump. Hey, baby, go, go. Thank you, Sean. Joey Morris. Sean knows about a good lineup. We know hey, that. Sean's understanding that he cuts his own hair. By the way, is this this is a more shaved face? No, I mean you know I'm I'm starting to let, let it grow out just a little bit. You know, a little bit. Hey, you look so professional. I, I mean, basketball. I don't, know, starting I, don't, to I, don't, I don't know if I get on. I, I don't know if I can get on your level. You, you, no. you, you've had it pretty thick back in the day. I don't know if I can get to that. Like, yeah, I have a terrible beard, and I have to make sure I remember that whenever I'm getting lazy in the shaving department of it. I got to keep it tight, but I can't go too clean because my face is not good enough to do so. So I have to have a little bit of decoration. Unlike AJ over there, who's been babyface since '85. I mean, see, I can't guy, do that. He looks, I can't do that. I tried two years ago. I couldn't even recognize myself. I'm like, I can't. I I can never not have hair on my face. Yeah, I look I like a, I look like a 12 I year old. I look like a 12 year old whenever I do it, and I also look incredibly ridiculous. AJ over there looks like a fucking model. Looks clean. Yeah. Look at that jawline. I can't grow facial hair, man. Sean's, I'm jealous of your perfect facial hair. You'll have to be. It looks good. You can't grow any facial hair. I mean, I can. It's just super trashy, like a seventh grade hillbilly, pretty oh, much. Oh, like mine. That's like mine. So I choose to go with it. He does not. Uh, we're happy to hear that you do not have a hillbilly facial hair, Sean's, but you do have inside information on a league that we don't pay close enough attention to. I watched last night Celtics, Lakers, a little bit of that game. I fell asleep during it. Lakers end up getting a win. Are they all the way back? Is LeBron all the way back? I know he beat COVID. He had 17 positives, a negative or two. He got back much sooner than you expected, I think a week ago and what was projected uh are the lakers all the way back or are they dead because charles barkley said they stink he said i like them i like ad charles barkley said but he said this lakers team stinks is that because of what they should be what they're going to be or what they are now i think it's the expectations that you have for a team like that but lebron james has missed half the season right he had the 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 ab strain and then he had that whole uh altercation with isaiah stewart he gets suspended a game then he has the COVID, not COVID, where it's a false positive. He has to go all the way back to L.A. from Sacramento. I already tested eight times, six, eight times and he, after he got back from Sacramento last week. And he tested negative all of them. And so, what, it, it, you know, the NBA is in an interesting space now because there are guys who are fully vaccinated that have their booster shot that are still testing positive. And so I think there's been around nine or ten positives around the league just in the last uh, eight to ten days. Ever since Thanksgiving, the league has seen nine, ten positive tests, and so this is just a point where we're we're, we're reaching this winter time where there's going to be positive tests. People are going to start to get sick. Uh, people around each other during holidays, and LeBron obviously had the back end of that. So yeah. overall, in this Lakers conversation, Pat, I would look at this next week to two weeks as far as how this team plays. They have a pretty favorable schedule. They have some home games. They play Memphis, Orlando. They play teams that they're supposed to beat. And so if, if they're really this vaunted East, you know, Western Conference title contender that they've been made up to be, these are the types of games that they have to win. Yesterday was a good start. Uh, but this, is, this next stretch is going to be, I think, a, a make-or-break moment Whoa. for this team. Shams, you know you can't come on here without giving us uh, an update on Zion. How's his health doing, his conditioning, all of that? Are we going to see him on the court anytime soon? And who Photoshopped the photo? Yeah. Last time I came on here, I gave an update, and then two and a half hours later, he had a setback. So I don't know if I can give any type of declarations <laughs> on his status. I think that the hope is that he's going to get ramped up again this week, but they had to bring him all the way back. They had to dial his entire rehab back last week when he had the setback with soreness. They were trying to ramp him up. Oh, no. He was supposed to have his first practice last Thursday. I came on this show. I said he was going to practice and he had soreness the previous day that just, you know, that, that clearly showed itself 
on Thursday, they had to dial him all the way back. So from what I'm told, the hope is that they're able to dial him all the way back into the point that he can do five on five and practice again, hopefully by the end of this week or next week. Um, but as of right now, there just is not a timetable on Zion Williamson's return. Uh, I, I don't know the, the, yeah, I, I don't know if I can confirm this photo, uh, but I did speak to a few people that were at that game, and uh, and they said that he he looks better and he is moving and doing a lot more than what the internet you know people want to believe. See, the internet. This is, I mean, this is probably partially what yeah. you guys have oh. done's fault. But we were very scared when we saw the doctored photo of Zion. We, I think, the entire internet was like, "Oh no, this is like a sad situation." All of a sudden, like this is not good because it looks like he does not care at all. What the the undoctored photo though? He just looks like a yoked dude. Yeah. Now, yeah, he is working out. I assume with the team and his rehab, he's still doing cardio and everything, or is he completely away from uh, from the team? No, he's around. He's there. He's just doing a lot of one-on-none stuff right now. He's doing a lot of shooting around. He's doing a lot of cardio. He's, he's okay. doing everything to kind of put okay. himself in Okay, here we go. Okay. To ramp up. Okay. It's just last time when he ramped up and got to doing, you know, four-on-fours, and he was literally on the cusp, Pat, of doing a full practice, and he has soreness in that foot. And so, again, I'm told the injury isn't considered to be long-term, but he's already missed, you know, a, a quarter of the season. You don't want a guy to come back and rush a guy back, especially if he might need to get back in conditioning. It's not a secret. You don't need to look at 50 photos to understand that Zion's return will not just be what he feels with that foot. That foot being 100% healthy will be important, but he's got to be of the basketball shape, conditioning, the standards that that the Pelicans and that organization and the NBA really at large have determined. You can't just come back and, and not be in peak conditioning and shape. Hey, Zion, I'd just like to let you know, big fans around here, not that you'll see this, big fans around here, <laughs> it'll be worth it in the end, man. Just buy in. Oh, yeah. Just go for it. It's going to suck. It'll be worth it in the end. As somebody who also has massive weight fluctuation because I enjoy food at a much less explosive level than Zion or athleticism level than Zion, just buy in, dude. It'll be worth it five years from now, ten years from now. We deserve to see your greatness, as do you. You, sir. Uh, let's move on. Ben Simmons. What is going on with him? Is he mentally uh, healthy enough to get back on the court for the Sixers or what's going on with Ben? Yeah, I, I haven't heard any change as far as his mental health. I, from what everything I've been told, he's still getting uh, his own personal treatment. He's working with the team as well. He's doing a lot of individual workouts. But Pat, my expectation remains is that he will not play another game for the Sixers, how and this he, team will how is eventually at, have to How is he at practice? How is he at the building every single day? How, how is he at the building? Is it not just incredibly awkward? Is the NBA, What's the NBA culture? I don't understand how this even happens. So he's there every day shooting himself, uh, shooting on the side, and then they say, hey, Ben, uh, we got a game tonight. Would you like to play? And he says, I don't think I'm ready for that mentally. Okay, so they go, okay, we'll wait on that. And then he comes back the next day. And how are they talking to each other? Are they mingling with each other? Is there like, is he in a separate locker room? How is that whole thing? There's there's not that much dialogue, Pat, I'll be honest. I mean, everything I've been told, it is kind of awkward. And he's around. He goes to all the, you know, he goes to the team meetings. He's doing everything to make sure that he is, you know, he's fulfilling his team obligation. He just right now is not mentally ready to step foot on the court in Philadelphia. And, Pat, you know, yeah. it's it's a guy that he steps back foot in that arena, whether it's oh. as a sixer or otherwise, he's going to get booed pretty, pretty hard. He's going to get, like... That's going to be a sight to see whenever he does make his debut in Philadelphia, whether it's as a Sixer, which, again, I, I just I don't see a scenario where he plays another game with the Sixers. But 
that then turns the tables. Like, do they trade him? Portland has an interest in him. They've had an interest in him. Damian Lillard wants to play with Ben Simmons. I don't think that, you know, we reported it the other day. It's not a secret. But, you know, d- does Portland have what Philadelphia would want? They want star-type players. And right now, there just is not a star. You know, the Pacers, your Pacers, they are on the verge of, of doing a rebuild. So do you look at a guy like Domata Sabonis or Miles Turner and Karis LeBert? Do any of those guys satisfy you? I think those are all the questions that Daryl Morey and Philadelphia are going to have to answer the next couple months before the deadline. Ben's coming to Indiana? I think it's definitely – listen, the Pacers have had interest in Ben Simmons over the last you know, three, Come four on. months. Now, where that stands now, when you're trying to rebuild and you're trying to build – uh, you know, you're, you're trying to go a little younger. You're trying to get assets. Is Ben Simmons that type of asset that you would want? That I'm not sure about. But, uh, you know, over the last three or four months, there has been interest from the Pacers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Simmons. He fucking smacks the wood. Hey, when he on defensive side, Indiana would love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, Indiana, you know, high basketball IQ around here. Mm-hmm. If Ben was to come down, fucking, what, cuz? I can't <laughs> shoot, but I'm going to lock you the fuck down. Oh, yeah. He would be beloved down here. Let's go, Ben. Come on out to Indiana. Come on. Come on. Come on. Carson Wentz came out of Philly. Come on. Let's go. Come on over, dude. It'll be great. And, and to follow up on your point about them booing him, uh, whenever we did SmackDown there, I said, Michael Cole said that Ben Simmons is the best 76er in the history of the 70s. That place was so loud. <laughs> that was the loudest boo I've got in every single city that we've gone to. It's tough over there. Although Joel said, he's our brother. Let's remember that. Go ahead, AJ. Sorry about it, man. A lot happened there. Shams, do, do the Sixers, like, are they actively still trying to get Ben Simmons to play for them? I would imagine if they have other teams interested, they would do whatever they can to try to trade him. Right now, it doesn't look like Simmons is coming back to play for them. I think that there was definitely efforts to bring him back, uh, and they were open to trying to get him back. But, but AJ, I just – I don't see – you know, I, I, I don't think that same feverish pitch that there was a month ago is still there. I think the fire's kind of been lost. We're not hearing much about Ben Simmons anymore. The team – you know, it, it, there just hasn't been much traction either way for Ben Simmons to return. It takes two to tango. Philadelphia would love to have Ben Simmons back, but Ben Simmons has shown no, you know, as far as his mental state, he's no. just not there to play. So what can Philadelphia do? I think they've exhausted everything, fines, uh, suspensions. We've seen them withhold his money. We've seen everything. So how much more can you do? I think they've, ex- they, they've really extracted everything they can do. Um, but as far as trading him, they have a price threshold in their mind. It's clearly a star, an all-star type player right now. It's not a guy that they feel might be a borderline star. It's not a guy that they feel like, you know, maybe he'll help us. They can get trades right now that might help them win right now. But they know in Ben Simmons, they have a guy that's got four years left on his deal. They want to maximize him and go get another star player back, superstar player back. That Ben Simmons is. I mean, everyone wants to hate on Ben Simmons, but he's a guy that's a three-time all-star was a runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year. It's just a difficult circumstance that, that they're in because he's not helping his value either by not playing. And so that's probably uh, slowed down his trade prospects as well. I mean, if he was on the floor now, I mean, if he started the season playing for them, I think there, it, it's a very realistic case you can make that he would have already been traded. So I don't want to you know, speak for Pacers fans because – I haven't been to a game in years, and I don't follow them close enough. Miles Turner, Sabonis is good. Yeah, yeah good ball players. Good, they're good ball no, players. No, they're, they're they're good players. Listen, Sabonis, Miles Turner. That's why when it, when you know when you hear when teams hear that Demonis Sabonis, Miles Turner, Karis LeVert, that these guys are available potentially. I mean that this is going to have a major 
you know, this is going to be a major issue, a major player to watch for during this entire trade market before the February 10 trade deadline. All right, and I don't want to just continue to talk about non-basketball stuff because – like, we, we're normally just a sports show, but it seems like in your particular sport, a lot of shit's going on around it. For instance, <laughs> nobody can play in Canada that isn't vaccinated. That yeah. was news that was broke just a couple of days ago, right? And and you get you, you lose your pay, and you're subject to possible fines, suspensions, uh, and further discipline if unvaccinated players are not playing in Toronto. And, Pat, that's not a lot of guys. 97% of the league is vaccinated fully. But there are a pocket of about 15 to 18 players that are still not vaccinated. So this will definitely have an impact on some guys. Okay, so this seems like we're going to learn who is vaccinated, who isn't vaccinated. Is this another push? I mean, this is Canada rules, I guess. Is it Canada mandate? Is, I think yeah. it's happening in NHL. This, this, is, this is a yeah. This is a Canada government mandate. I mean, I think what the league's done is they've literally said we are going by what the governments, whether it's local, federal, national governments. Whatever they are saying is how we're going to abide by it. So when you saw the New York City mandate, the San Francisco mandate, when they said you need to have at least one shot or you need to be fully vaccinated, and now in New York City, I think starting uh, at the end of December, you need to have two shots. So Kyrie Irving will not only need to have one shot, oh. he's going to need to have two shots if and when he returns well, to the Nets. I think these are major, uh, I, you know, obviously major issues, but the league is literally letting the governments decide uh, you know, these fates. So the government is telling them that they should suspend and fine players and take their pay if they don't play in Canada? Or is the NBA potentially looking that's, at this as that's another? An NBA, yeah. That's an NBA possible. Like, listen, if you're missing a game, you're withholding services, which is exactly why Kyrie Irving, he's losing half of his salary. You know, th- there's a part of, you know, thinking that says, hey, Kyrie Irving isn't not rendering his services. He just can't play because he's not vaccinated. Well, the other flip side with the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, it's saying that you're able to render your services. You're just not rendering your services. So it's it's a technical thing. But, yeah, I mean, Kyrie Irving is not getting half of his pay this year because no, he's not he lives, rendering his services for home games. But his home team is in Brooklyn. This one, your home team is somewhere that maybe would allow you to play with masks and different mandates that they have these 15 to 18 guys have got through. Now Canada says, no, we don't care about that. Well, you need to go ahead and get your shots to get in here. And the NBA is like, yeah, you're right, actually. We can get these 15 to 18 motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. We can do this whole thing. I mean, listen, it, 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 it behooved me not to say that, yeah, of course, it, it's got to help you know them try to make their case to players to go get vaccinated there's no question that crazy. you know you provide incentives you provide i mean there are disciplinary actions so get vaccinated get your you know that's hey, clearly it, a sign isn't it fascinating shams i thought this with like Kyrie irving he is so deep entrenched in his side obviously the amount of money 100 and some million you said the last time we we're talking about and i thought 200 million plus uh, given the extension 166 million plus what this is 200 million dollars i apologize for not getting that 200 million dollars okay. he's like no i'm not doing it. He's, i thought in the nfl guys who weren't vaccinated would be fed up with the bullshit of having to wake up at like 6 a.m 6 30 and go test the day after games and like everything like that i thought by the time the middle of the season was guys would be like it would be a fully vaccinated thing because they're like all right i'm sleeping in like the rest of my teammates get to do i get to go to restaurants on the road i get like it's so much more that you could do if you're vaccinated on these guys have been no like the, guy, the guys that are against yeah. it are like nope not doing it i would assume these 15 to 18 guys were about to learn who they are i assume they're still have you they're not changing because of the canada thing or is that maybe going to move them a little bit i mean i, I think you've got to keep an eye out i mean I, i'm definitely going to be focused on some of these guys that aren't vaccinated like does this change their opinion does this change their stance because like you said you're losing out on paychecks so some of these guys are going to miss out on hundreds of thousands of dollars 
by not being able to play in Toronto. So we're going to see after mid-January which guys you know, are willing to lose their paycheck and, and not play in Toronto and not play against the Raptors on the road. I mean, it's going to be very obvious. I think the hope among the teams is that these guys obviously are on the floor. You need these guys to be on the floor for you. Some of these teams, I mean, you know, Bradley Beal is one of the guys that's been vocal. You know, he was vocal in training camp. I'm not sure if he's gotten vaccinated since. It's unclear, but he was vocal in training camp that he has not gotten the shot. He's not against the vaccine. He just has decided not to get the shot. So if he's still not vaccinated, you know, they play the Raptors twice on the road uh, each NBA season. So possibly even in the playoffs, if those two teams oh, match up. The Will playoffs. Bradley Beal be able to play on the road game? Oh, again? no. The playoffs could be – it's going to be more drama. Imagine, imagine missing a road game in Toronto because you're not vaccinated. Like a play-in game. You know, imagine missing you – know, you're, you're an elite player missing a play I mean, it's tough. It's a tough – Mandate is a tough, tough circumstance. Obviously, this is the government that's that that's put put this in effect in, in Canada. Rules is rules, I guess. But that's right. Always going to be, you know, people that should say, at least, I don't know if that should be the case, but you can still receive the consequences from this. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> it's interesting. It's fascinating. Your sport is always very fascinating to all of us. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Shams, are uh, the Lakers going to fire Frank Vogel? And also, why are people making up that Zion's 330 pounds when he's taking photos at an AAU tournament and he looks pretty yoked up? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy any of those. Uh, you know, it's not coming from me, so I'm not, nope. I'm not going with that. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not journalism. But as far as, as far as the Vogel situation, I mean, I, I haven't heard that anything is imminent, but I, I would say, you know, this is a team that has a lot of expectations. They are championship or bust. I think it's obvious. And so when you're when you're playing under those circumstances, under that pressure, under that spotlight, if things aren't going according to plan are you're either going to blame the roster or you're going to blame the coach and this roster they've made all their moves they went out and made they turned over their entire roster last summer so there's not much roster wise that they can do right now maybe around the edges the, the next first round pick they have available 2027 wow. will they make that pick available at the trade deadline that pick is so far out guys so they don't have much asset asset wise and so it becomes a, a question of who do you Someone eventually gets to blame. The NBA is a production business. Um, but I, you know, listen, last night's help uh, win helped Frank Vogel. He's got to, you know, they've got to win these next couple weeks uh, to make sure that, does, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're on the right track. Does Braun like Frank? Listen, they won a championship together. I, I, I don't think that guys are against Frank Vogel. I think the question is, who's going to bring the most out of this group? And whether that's Frank Vogel staying the whole season, it very well might be, whether it's making a change if this team is struggling. But if this team takes care of business guys over the next two, three weeks, I think that'll shut a lot of this noise out. But anytime you're 500, under 500, they were just under 500 like last week. Like you're under 500, you have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. Someone is getting some level of blame. Like at the end of the day, that's just where it's at. It's a go, production business. Hey, them boys got to go play Frank out oh, there. That's right. Hey, go ahead, run that motion triangle offense out there. <laughs> LeBron looked pretty good last night. So it's like Andy looked good. In, in that game in Indy, and then, you know, the whole COVID thing happened. Like, he's looked good when he's on the floor. The problem is he hasn't played half the season. So. Yeah, Ty, go ahead. Shams, you mentioned uh, Dame Lillard. I saw a lot of reports, too, saying that the Blazers need to blow everything up and rebuild. Is there a higher percentage chance that they're going to get someone like Ben Simmons or trade Dame and just be done with it? I think Portland's goal right now is to rebuild and try to build a winner around Damian Lillard. Um, from oh. everything I've been told, they they view Damian Lillard as a guy. If he wants to be there, they want him there. And so right now, there's been no change on that. Like Damian Lillard 
has has maintained his commitment to that organization and the organization would love to for him to be there as long as possible so that's where it stands right now i, I can't really speak to that other stuff i haven't reported it i haven't talked about it so you know we did a story on monday it's clear damon lillard wants this team to get better so they're going to use these next three, four, five months, and whoever they hire as the next GM, or if Joe Cronin, who's the interim GM there now, if he maintains that job, they're going to have to make this team better. And I, and I expect their focus will be on making this team better around Dave Lillard. Who just texted you? Anybody cool? <laughs> Not, no one cool, unfortunately. Okay. Last question before we let you go. <laughs> who's going to win championship, dude? Man, I wish I knew. I mean, listen, I'll give you my favorite. Come on, this guy's I'll give you my favorite. i give you my favorite. Milwaukee, I think, I think, uh, I think Miami's in it. Oh. I think, I think Brooklyn's in it, and oh. I think out west, you know, Phoenix, Utah, and Golden State. But guys, Utah's my sleeper for real. I really oh. think Utah has. I, I really think Utah has, <laughs> has a lot going for them right now. All Austin. right, well, we appreciate you, Sean, so much. Insider, <laughs> yo, Pat, what's your big announcement? That's what I want to know. Oh. Nah, 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 dog. Come on, tune in tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, eleven o'clock or noon, depending upon how long I can hold secret for. <laughs> I'll tell you. Ah! Spill Ooh, do the we, beans. Do we leak it to Sean? Because oh. you are an insider, huh? That's what it would be, right? Spill the beans, man. Spill the beans right now. Exclusive. <laughs> well, is it, this wouldn't be an exclusive. I mean, it would... It would be an exclusive for me, though, right now. All right, well, te- well, it wouldn't Think be... About it, I'll text you. Yeah, all right. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Uh, do we let Shams? Shams, you've done a lot for us. You break news for us like every week in the NBA world that we don't even know. We actually, after the interviews, we go to the internet and we're like, oh shit, Shams just broke some news. Yeah. Hey, we appreciate you doing that every single week. Senior insider at the Athletic in the Stadium of the NBA. Ladies and gentlemen, Shams Sharanya. Can't thank you enough for the time today on this beautiful Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow with the first installment of the Thursday Night Football AJ Hawk Super Boost reaction, conversation, what's the boost, what's the game, what's the plan, and a massive announcement tomorrow coming, and a massive thank you to all of you every single day. You're the best. Ty, please play some independent music and repel these people into a beautiful Wednesday evening and Thursday morning or whenever you're listening to this, and know that I'm internally grateful. Cheers.